this week, technically, uh, the week that we're recording this, the week that that episode comes out, uh, is the drummer of Duran Duran's birthday is today. And, oh. Uh, so that I thought that was very uh, 100% planned that way. Wait, wait, wait. What band? <laughs> Dran Dran. There you go. Oh, oh okay. Gotcha. I gotcha. Uh, yeah, I still don't know what that's from. Uh, but uh, The world Dran may Dran. never know. Who could know? No, <laughs> no one could know. It can't be. Yeah. It's an unknowable. Uh, yeah. Um, oh, man. Well, look, I'm, I'm, I'm riding high, and I know you are, too. We had a lot of cool things happening this evening with with interviews, with just a lot of stuff coming together, with just, I don't know. It just seems like there's a lot of high numbers of listenership. There's a lot of cool things. And it just gave me, like, gave me pause to think about, uh, like, my past with, with music and just creating it. I remember uh, coming into the door into my house the very first time with my very first electric guitar. And I remember, my, it, it, straight out of a movie, man. My stepdad looked at me and just said, what the hell is that thing? Why, what is that doing in here? <laughs> you know, and, and end up, I mean, that it, it really, it's, it's not really the reason why, but you know, I end up, I end up going out on my own and doing my own thing. And I just remember once I was free and I got to play my guitar, I got together with my friends and, uh, this is kind of a neat story. So I've got an acoustic guitar, a, it's a Fender D, DG 10. It's a pretty, like, it's an entry-level guitar, but it came from one of my best friend's older brothers, and he had a band called uh, In Memory uh, that out here in Ventura County was was sort of big. And I played a band, I played a show with In Memory. There you go. See? I mean, it was like out and, here. Was, uh, and what was the band that got big? Let Live. I played a show with In Memory and Let Live. Yeah. <laughs> um we would uh i was so inspired by greg and he was he was the guitarist in the band he ended up selling me the guitar he's like dude i'll sell you this guitar for 50 bucks and i'm going to and i'm nice. going to and i'm going to force you to take one of our our band's uh records and it was yeah, i of course i'd listen to it so i took it and there was just so much like inspiration behind that and so we started our own band uh his younger brother and i and then uh Devin and Eric, it was like our group of four people that started this band. And we called ourselves No Memory. And what was cool was we took two of their stickers. So in memory, if you took two of their stickers, you could cut them up and make No Memory out of it. I see it, yeah. And so I popped that on the back of my pickup truck and I was running that around town. Um, and we made one record. And I think, you know, in, in the spirit of the pod and how we've hidden that very, very first episode deep in like the source code of the website... Um, and if you go looking for it now, you can find it. It's a cool little link. Uh, but just hiding another Easter egg, um, we had a, oh, and what is the name? It's a GeoCities website. We had a GeoCities website of course for you no did. memory. Yeah. Yes. And I was able to find it. It was, it looked like it was <gasps> on its last leg. Yeah. On uh, archive.org. I got it. I got what was left of it. I, I scraped it. I have it. Um, but what was nice was I actually kept the recordings that we had. And so we made these recordings. I put them into uh, essentially what was like a little playlist. I'm going to hide that URL somewhere. Uh, Okay. We made one little, like I think it was like six or seven. It was just a bunch of covers that we did uh, in Devin's house one evening. And I just remember just being on guitar and having a good time. It was really crappy. Uh, And we just made something special out of it. We we were a fake band. Um, we, We sang the songs that we wanted to sing, but we sucked. And I remember, um, you know, just kind of being done with it and and putting the the instruments away and thinking like, you know what, guys, um, 
this is great. I'm glad that No Memory had its run. But dudes, we are never, ever getting back together. (laughs) This is Jimmy Eat Pod. It was kind of a cool thing, though, to to have that one that one big memory that we had of no memory. Just like it's like one that one moment in time where we we wrote. You might say no memory is yeah. in memory. <laughs> it is now. memory. Yeah, uh, it was just a cool thing, and and I just love I love how music has impacted me, you, and then everyone's introduction to music is so special. I know I'm getting very sentimental here, but it's also. Uh, uh, partially because I'm about three beers in, and also because of it's just been <laughs> such a fun evening, David. So yeah, man, we're having a blast tonight. Hell uh, yeah! Did you see the picture I just sent you? This is the marquee from that night I played at the Whiskey with American Hero, who was the other West Valley band. Uh, in memory, Government Cheese, who I think we played a couple shows with. Nostalgia, who I don't remember, or, or Nostalgia. Uh, us yeah. last off the bus. Avarice, who was from Westchester, where I grew up. Let Live, who is also from Westchester, and uh, uh, Jason Allen. Uh, I feel like he has a different name. Jason. Anyway, Jason Allen. We used to skateboard together. Uh, he's in the Fever 333 now, produced by John Feldman, and Travis Barker plays all his drums now. So that's cool. This and seems like on end. this seems like it would be uh, in a collage of photos on uh, one of your, uh, like, the B-Sides album that you guys put out later on. <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah, totally, yeah. yeah. This, this is, is awesome. our singles album. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> this, was, uh, this was June 3rd, 2003 oh, that we wow. played. Uh, that we played that show and i think i played the yeah we played that show i played that show in a hoodie i had a white t-shirt on <laughs> under a hoodie and i was so sweaty after it and for some reason we thought it would be cool we did like the yearbook thing where everybody that played the show signed the shirt and oh. uh, i still have it somewhere yeah that's awesome man <laughs> yeah um so that's my memory of in memory uh you should probably send you should send your buddy this uh this marquee photo here i will and, i'll send greg that yeah <laughs> Yeah. He'd love it. <laughs> uh, so, um, so yeah, we are never, ever getting back together. By Taylor Swift, by Jimmy Eat World. Uh, this song... Um, Wait, David, before f- before we get yes. into the song, can we just yeah. go ahead? I know I've been been teasing everyone. We have some... Please. We yes, have yes, some, yes, yes, Yeah, yes, housekeeping yes, yes, yes. to take care of. Uh, Absolutely. Finally... And I even have housekeeping written down here. That's just not all the stuff I remembered. <laughs> Let's do housekeeping, and then we'll talk about we are never, ever getting back together. Yes, housekeeping number okay. one. I was looking at the order of this. I'm gonna We're going to listen... Uh, we're going to listen to my sister's voicemail first, and then yes. we're going to talk about, just, just for a sec, what, uh, out of the blue, what uh, Matt Schlosser had to say about what I've been saying regarding Kirsa and what he had suggested. So we'll go ahead and... Uh, and, and uh, read what he had texted us. But first, I did want to play what uh, my sister Kirsa had said okay, um, very just excited. this afternoon. Yes. I have, we have not heard it. We're doing yes. it live. Here we go. Hey, I am Kirsa. I am actually Justin's sister. Uh, I was given an assignment by Justin to listen <laughs> to uh, Feed American by Jimmy Eat World because I am a disgrace to him and have never actually listened <laughs> to that. Uh, he wanted me to let it, uh, let him know my thoughts, though. So to be completely honest, I was actually surprised how much I enjoyed the album. Uh, I've obviously heard the middle, and I actually do enjoy that song. So I apologize to all the diehard fans <laughs> who are going to hate hearing that one. Um, but I did really enjoy the song Bleed American as well as Sweetness. Um, those are definitely my two favorites. And Justin told me to explain why I like these songs, which I'm really bad at doing. 
other than the fact that I found myself listening to them over and over again and adding them to my playlist. Um, but yeah, that's about it. So thanks to my brother for having pretty cool music taste and forcing me to broaden my horizon. Uh, love you, Justin. Miss you. And I'll see you soon. <laughs> yes. Up? Yeah, there you have it. Here's a drop that bomb on the pod. Um, she loves Bleed American Sweetness. Uh, I was I, I was interested. Those are to hear. solid songs. Oh yeah, yeah. they Who are. Who doesn't like sweetness? Right. That's what she had to say. And then going back to what Matt had to say, just out of the blue last night, had messaged us and said, um, "Let's see, where did he go? Oh, uh, hey, I think the OC Register article about Bleed American that mentions name checking." which is same oh, yes. as name dropping, right? Mixed up the song titles. They probably meant either a praise chorus, since that name checks several song titles, or authority song, which also name checks a few songs, bands. Um, also, and in quotes, increasingly inconsistent, uh, close quotes, my balls. You have thoroughly <laughs> proven Jeff Miller is a whack-ass music journalist, which, yeah, I agree. I, and I am ashamed for sharing that last name with this guy, Jeff yeah. Miller. Uh, but yeah, maybe you're right. OC register, I, it's a rag. Let's throw it away. I don't. I don't want it yeah. anymore. Oh, we went to cyberbully him, and we saw that he was covering the Chargers for the LA Times now, and we figured he'd suffered enough. <laughs> yes. Uh, and then Matt does go on to say a little bit later in this conversation. Um, also, Justin FFS. I'm not. You know, uh, give your sister <laughs> chase this light. Here it goes. Should have been a massive pop hit and won an avalanche of Grammys and platinum records. Jim should be doing, absolutely. Jim should be doing co-writes with Taylor Swift and guest spots on Dua Lipa's <sighs> uh, album now because of it. But no, all stuff so yeah. relevant. Everything. Yeah, I agree. Uh, that Chase's Light should have been so huge for them. Yeah, it was the the perfect album that they sh- the perfect follow up to uh, Futures. And, and to bring them back into this, uh, to make them more pop, to make them more, uh, uh, like, I don't know. It was just so much great pop yeah. songwriting on that record. Yep. Um, let's we, see. We oh, I talked to, I, I talked to the dude, uh, from homegrown a little bit, uh, that played at that tower show for the Duran, the Duran Duran, uh, really cover album. And he said, that Jimmy played that show. Jimmy World played that show. Uh, he's going to look for pictures from that show. So we have got to uh, find that bootleg because it does say that the only yeah. way you can find it is by fan-made bootleg. And I mentioned the bootleg to him. He's like, oh, I'd love to hear that bootleg. So he doesn't have a copy of it. Interesting. Um, but he was their lead guitarist through, through some album. I don't remember what it was. Uh, and he might come on the pod uh, soon to discuss some of the early stuff because he said that... Uh, they played at Jimmy Eat World's first California show, which was in Big Bear. And then every time they rolled through Arizona when they tour, uh, they would stay at their house, uh, essentially. Wow. At, the house, at, 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 the, at the guys from Jimmy Eat World either had a house or their houses, um, they would stay uh, with them. So they had a pretty good relationship with them back in the day, um, the homegrown dude. And yeah, it's funny. I was listening back to the episode. I was like, yeah. 100% do not know these homegrown songs at all. It was just <laughs> always a band that I'd heard of, but never heard. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah. And then other thing was uh, the Coachella show dropped uh, as of recording last Friday. And uh, man, it's so good. It's 10 years old. It looks incredible. Now, I did get up a little closer and it was actually like insanely interlaced. But that makes sense for the time. Um, right. Uh, the camera processors just weren't fast enough to do 1080p so it's likely 1080i or 
no, 1080i because it was interlaced. Um, and uh, but it looked and sounded incredible. Yep. And we joked about how it was like being there because it's like 10 minutes of nonsense on either end <laughs> yes. of the show. <laughs> um, but uh, 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 I, I think they packed in an incredible set list for a 40, 45 minute set list. And uh, they closed with sweetness, which was rad. They played the middle, but then played the sweetness. And so that was yeah. Sick. Just when you think they've, they've they've finished their set, and they do such a good job of laying out those songs. Because I thought about, like, let's say just at two thirds of the way through, I thought, wow, that was a big and and you know the actual song is escaping me, but it was a big track that they played, and then they dipped back down for one last little go through, and then they did a lot yeah. of the fan favorites, and I was like, this is great, I'm back into this. Yeah. Yeah, they definitely like, uh, let's see, uh, Stephen Brand had mentioned how they played. I, I didn't pay enough attention, but he had mentioned that they played the old lyrics. Now, Tom did sing Action Needs an Audience, but he said it was the old lyrics, which was pretty cool. Oh. Um, I have to go back and listen to that to confirm, but I trust him. So, right. Uh, and uh, but yeah, they played some deep cuts, man. Yeah, it was a great for show. Coachella. Hell when, yeah. You know, they you'd feel like they'd be playing. uh uh, some stuff anyway it was a rad, rad show seek that out as of right now it's still up on youtube so uh, uh hopefully it is when this episode comes out right <laughs> um so i th- is that it for housekeeping i, I believe so All right, have well, at it man. thank you to your sister thank you yes. to matt uh schlosty uh on uh <laughs> the uh <laughs> the uh socials um and to uh the dude from homegrown and the band for putting up the show uh, on YouTube. We are never, ever getting back together by Taylor Swift, by Jimmy Eat World, from the Jimmy Eat World iTunes session from 2013. Um, track 8 of 8. This is what they closed out their iTunes session with. I did not get any produced by or recorded at information, and it's probably I was like, oh, I'll get back to it, and I forgot to get back to it. Did you happen to track down it? who produced or where they recorded this? Nope. Still have the old uh, information from the template from before. So no, I didn't get any information from that. Yeah, it's so Uh, good. This is solid. I'm going to do it live real quick. All right. iTunes session by Jimmy world. This is taking me directly to iTunes, but it's an exotic location recording. It just, there's no information on Apple music directly. Discogs didn't have any information. Now, uh, if you want to look, Discogs had nothing. This was the this was the album. No, that, they had like some vague information about it, but yeah, yeah. So you and well, I guess Kimberly does have Spotify, but there is sort of a mixed, um, I, I guess, kind of uh, inclusion of iTunes. I I know that you are exclusively iTunes, but she had purchased the iTunes session and then shared this with me, and so I got to listen to the Goodbye Sky Harbor version. Uh, on this, which is shorter. It's about five minutes long. Great version of this song. Um, uh, so that was track four, but this is the, yeah, this is the final track. What do the little stars mean that are next to it? Uh, the, that they're the most popular, the, okay. they're the ones that get played the most on that release. Okay. Well, there you go. Yeah. Excellent. So um, yeah, this and Taylor Swift's are the most popular. Okay, here we go. I've got some information from Jimmy Eat World. This was posted July 25th, 2013. The recent iTunes session was recorded live at the legendary Capitol Studios Studio A. Sick. Okay, Studio A. There we go. And Stuart Dewar says, Capital Stu- uh, downloaded it earlier. The cover tune is an absolute blast, says Stuart Dewar. Stuart Dewar? Stuart Dewar. <laughs> 
What are you doing here? <laughs> Start. Now, I do have writing credits. So I've got Taylor Swift, yes. Max Martin, and Shellback, which also, thanks for, thanks to checking out the wiki, the old wiki, the Jimmy E. wiki. Um, Ye old wiki. Yeah. Jed had explained that Shellback is actually Carl Johann Schuster, uh, which I'm unfamiliar with him as a writer in general. Just doesn't sound familiar. I didn't look at his discography, what or, or at least his history with writing credits. Um, I assume that Taylor has majority writing credits on this, but those the Max and then Carl are the other additional um, uh, pe- people to input on this. Yeah, I think lyrically. I looked. I was like, oh, uh, I think Max Martin was the name that I knew. And I was yeah. like, oh, I think he did co-writes with Blake-182. And no, he did more like um, pop uh, stuff. Um, so yeah, Max Martin and Shellback. Yeah, I, I didn't recognize any of his work um, or their work or the work. Yeah. <laughs> That's very um, PC of you. Can't get fooled again. Um, <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, uh, that was what I saw for that. I'm giving uh, this eight-year-old tweet a couple likes here. Okay. <laughs> um, uh, and, yeah, I did. I went over to, uh, what's it called? Um, uh, the BMI ASCAP uh, information. Uh-huh. ASCAP controls 33.3% of this and BMI controls 16.67% huh. of this track. Um, and uh, I don't know why that doesn't equal 100% because I don't see any other uh, <laughs> thing. But Taylor Swift Music, Care of Songs of Universal Inc. Um, is the publisher on this. So yeah, pretty okay. uh, interesting stuff going into somebody else's ASCAP information uh, that even I don't know. Uh I did want to point out the iTunes session from Jimmy Eat World actually charted. <laughs> it charted wow. at 156 on some some chart, some billboard chart, but I thought that was interesting. This was released as an exotic location recording uh, on RCA. Uh, Jim sings it. It has a notable, it has th- three notable high notes. Wow. Uh, one is in falsetto, C sharp five. Then he's got B flat four and G sharp four. And then a notable low note of F3. They've played it 26 times. Um, if you had to guess how many times Taylor Swift played this, what number would you guess? And this is live, right? Live. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Out live. Now, when Lindsay saw, when Lindsay wasn't familiar with her music, but I, I was talking with her about this at dinner tonight, and she was just saying how, what a stellar performer she is. And I think she's uh-huh. a workhorse as far as performances go. Now, I, I don't know, man. I'm going to pull a number. <sighs> Because I'm trying to think. Jimmy World can play songs from their entire catalog. Let's just say I've heard numbers like 100, you know, maybe 150 yeah. times. I'm going to guess Taylor Swift has has performed this twice that. So let's say 350. Uh, no, but you going higher was an interesting thing that I didn't consider. And yeah, it's 218 times. Okay. It's just, it's just massive. Yeah. Uh, considering uh uh like seeing pops concerts and uh, uh, like taylor swift is not on my radar of like concerts to see not for any other reason than i just don't i don't know like i I feel like that's like probably the type of concert that sells out really quickly and you need to know to look for it it's not like one you kind of like i think taylor swift is coming through let's kind of go so (laughs) right um yeah the fact that she played 218 times and that's not even like one of her oldest songs yeah um uh, is pretty incredible. So uh, Jimmy Eat World, the first time they played this was at Club Zoo in Pittsburgh, PA, uh, June 30th, 2013. And they most recently played it December 31st, 2013 at the House of Blues in Chicago. 
Um, and that's all I have. There were no tune bat. Uh, there was no tune bat info uh, about this. Um, and uh, we can get into track notes after sure. we look up Ms. Swift's lyrics. Yeah. Now, um, this is Jim's version of Ms. Yes, Swift. Yes, exactly. Lyrics, now, right? you had mentioned three notable high notes. I am uh, I am very happy that one of those high notes is not that falsetto. <laughs> very happy that <laughs> yeah. they didn't do that. Yeah. Uh, so that is that is omitted from this version. I because this is uh, another artist song. I'm going to do this in larger blocks. Uh, but yeah, we, let's let's step through these lyrics here. Plus, uh, this yeah. song has a lot of I don't know if it's necessarily spoken lyrics, but it seems like these can be blocked up in larger chunks. So verse one, we're going to just do totally yeah two halves. Uh, here we go. So I've got verse one. The first half is. I remember when we broke up the first time, saying, this is it, I've had enough, cuz like, we hadn't seen each other in a month when you said you needed, and in quotes again, space? What? And uh, <laughs> so some of these are actually going to be copied from Taylor, so if, if it's not Jim's exact lyrics. <laughs> I was going to say, I don't have his, <laughs> he doesn't say lyrics, that, yeah. but I realize it's right. Taylor's version. Yeah, yeah just because I, I liked the way that she had that, uh, that um, I guess, just spaced out and, and performed. So, yeah, when you said you needed space. Uh, and I just have here the first time, and it reminds me of, like, young love. Empty threats, resolutions, going back and forth. Uh, and apparently he wanted space and got space for a month. That seems yeah, right. way too, I mean, like space, when I think space, I think of like a weekend. Like, give me a couple of days, man. Um, so already we're seeing that this relationship uh, is built on uh, like a, a rocky base here. Uh, but not not uh, not a uh, an unnatural relationship, especially because I, I don't know what your history is, but I remember that, you know, my first girlfriend had a lot of these situations where uh, you say things, you go through, you're very emotional, you're like a hormonal young man going through a lot of these. So, um, and the second half, actually, maybe this will will kind of fit more into what I'm getting at here. So this is the second half of the verse. Then you come around again and say, baby, I miss you and I swear I'm going to change. Trust me. Remember how that lasted for a day. I say I hate you. We break up. You call me. I love you. Uh, and I, the word that stands out to me the most in this second half here is I'm going to change. Because I remember saying that several times. Not like all the time, <laughs> but enough times to where I remember saying I'm going to change. And, and and his change lasts a day. And she's done. And so many replies. There's so many emotions going on. I just remember saying that. And I I, I can't recall... When later in my life I realized I'm I'm just not going to change. This is me. This is who I am. But you're just a naive young man, uh, and trying to maintain your relationship that is also just so young. Uh, and so that's what this this screams to me that this is like a, just a maybe not the most serious of relationships from this first verse here. Uh, and then we go into pre-chorus one to where uh, Jim sings the uh, ooh. Ooh, ooh, ooh. We called it off again last night, but ooh, ooh, ooh. This time, I'm telling you, I'm telling you. Um, seems like, you know, they've gone through this again. So yet again, they've said, that's it. It's over. But this time, I'm telling you, I'm telling you, because this song is centered around 
you know, going back to the title of this, we are never, ever getting back together. I feel like she is finally telling him for the last time, it is certain this time that it's over or is what I'm gathering from this. Yes. Uh, right. Uh, and then the, then we get into the chorus. So if you if you gathered from that pre-chorus that she said it was over, uh, now Taylor is actually <laughs> hammering this home, which uh, Jim loves to do here. So we are never, ever, ever getting back together. This is it, man. She's used the word never and followed it up with ever, ever. Two that ever, means it's yeah. super certain, man. <laughs> You're never, ever, ever. In case ever. you were wondering... <laughs> Yeah, so and they repeat that line twice. So we are never, ever, ever getting back together. I this is my favorite set of lines from this whole song. Here is you go talk to your friends, talk to my friends, talk to me, but we are never, ever, ever getting back together, like ever. <laughs> try and work your way back in. Try and go through my friends or get some insight from your friends, but it's not happening, Jack. This is just is yeah. not happening. Now, from the lyrics that I've read, David. Um, I don't know how familiar you are with the Jimmy World version, but does Jim, aside from the ooze and uh, I guess a couple of these parentheticals like the what? Correct. They're pretty yeah, much he like skip some of that stuff. Yeah, uh, he does change. We hadn't seen each other in a month to we hadn't been together in a month. Okay. Um, and then he says, "When uh, then you come around and say I miss you, I swear it. I'm changing you. Trust me." Uh, Jim says, "Then you come around and say I miss you. I'm sorry. I'm changing you. Trust me." Okay. Um, and then I made this note in the chorus. Jim does not say to my friends. He says, you go talk to your friends. Talk my friends. Talk to me. <laughs> really? Um, at least in that first chorus on Conan. Uh, okay. And we'll listen to that a little bit. Yeah. But yeah. Um, uh, uh, but yeah, for the most part, it's largely the same. Those are the okay. big differences. And, and I apologize. Now, uh, I hadn't looked uh, uh up the lyrics that Jed had put on the wiki uh, until like the day after I'd annotated everything and me being me, uh, I didn't want to copy and paste all my annotations yeah, yeah. over. <laughs> so yeah. um, thank you for clarifying that. So there we have the, the second part of the chorus there. Uh, then we go into verse two. Uh, I'm really going to miss you picking fights and me falling for it, screaming that I'm right. Uh, I definitely sense some sarcasm in these lines. Uh, she would sometimes give in and you know what? And maybe get into a heated battle, but I mean, you try to you try to find some kind of solid ground, some resolution, and I get that, right? But she is now realizing this, looking from from outside, uh, you know, in, in hindsight, that uh, she finds herself falling for it and screaming that I'm right. And you would hide away and find your peace of mind with some indie record that's much cooler than mine. He's the instigator, man, and then goes off and sulks. So he would hide away. Uh, and then return when it's convenient for him, right? If that was like a month later, like she yeah. says at the beginning of this. Uh, and then uh, some indie record that's much cooler than mine. And if you look in the video, it's actually, it's kind of cute. It's a picture. It's like a, it's a nice uh, portrait photo of him. <laughs> it's like his, his side profile. Incredible. <laughs> oh man, I love it. So yeah, yeah. And that's that. Um but did you have, this is a question I wanted to, to pose to you. Did you have like, what was your go-to I'm Sad album when you were a teenager? Do you have one that you could pull? Uh, I'm trying to think. I wasn't really into Death Cab yet. Right. Uh, Dashboard. I, I was a teenager. And Dashboard really, I think, opened the floodgates to like, yes, this is the thing. But I'm trying to think what was proto-Dashboard. 
I want to say it was this song. Um, who sang it? Well, you know what? And I can even make it a little Hold bit on, easier. Hold on, I'm pulling it up. Here we go. Here we go. Go ahead. Go. This is it. It is. Oh, Black Street, Don't Leave Me. Oh, that wow. Like, Black yeah. Street, huh? Black Street, Don't Leave Me. Um, I would play that one. Let's let's listen to a little bit of it real quick. All right. <laughs> let's hear this because uh, I don't know. I'm not. I'm, this is. I'm yeah, this is this. outside of the genre. This is this is where I was before uh, before I got into Dashboard. This is what I would put on when I felt like a sad boy. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I hope there's like a bunch of interlude and talking at the beginning of this. Oh, ah, this is good. I go crazy. I go insane. This is so good. It's so good, Justin. I did not expect to play this on this episode. This is great. You've got your and I got mine. This is. I can see David sitting on his floor with those headphones yeah, on. Me sitting in my bedroom, like, yeah. pretty bummed out after a phone call. <laughs> yeah, this beat is fire, dude. Dude, never thought we'd have Blackstreet on the pod, but no, I love man, it. No. Listen to the vocals right here. This is great. I'm searching for the words to make you realize what I really, really want you to say. Oh, it's so good. Damn. I'm going to go so ahead and make good. a broad Chris prediction Harmonies right now. so tight. Oh, there's a bull. I'm going to make a bold prediction, David. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There has got to be on YouTube a piano only cover of oh, this song by whoever uh, it is. I don't know who course. it is. It's going to be killer. I can guarantee that without even yeah. looking. Yeah, yeah, I know yeah. because that uh, the chord progression is so hot. Yeah. Damn. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's good. Wow. That's good. Wow. I didn't. Uh, Great. Thank you for asking. But that was it. That <laughs> yeah, was, of course, that was my man. proto dashboard. Um, awesome man uh, yeah um and, and yeah we going back into i think pre-chorus two is a little bit different here uh is is the ooh 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 you called me up again tonight oh, yeah, but yeah. Uh, okay he's still trying the phone call um and gosh man you know this what this makes me think of like calling me up again is getting buried in successively like cringy voicemails uh, I don't know if you ever had that issue. Same, same ex-girlfriend, but I remember sending a voicemail and then you, you press the pound and you send it and you go, oh no, I shouldn't have sent that. And then you get into that like, wow, she's going to see two missed calls and two voicemails from me. The second one trying to explain the first. Uh, this seems a little bit more adult. Uh, however, it is still, it is still t- Taylor Swift. So I think there's a little bit of adolescence to this whole song. Um, but that when when you when I hear you called me up again tonight, and you know let let's say they go they push it to voicemail, which always sucked too. You hear one ring and then it just goes straight to voicemail. Yeah. But just getting stuck in that loop of leaving that the crappy messages that you shouldn't have left the first one, and uh, looking at this, I went on song meanings and I loved this. This was from Yo Yugo Susu, 
had written this review, and I think this was sort of tongue in cheek, but I loved how they. They're on Taylor Swift's version of the this song. This is on the Taylor Swift version, yes. Uh, in this great song, whose qualities suggest anywhere from weeks to months of rigorous preparation to the perfect, uh, to perfect, uh, the singer conveys her frustration at an unnamed lover's attempts to rekindle a relationship, skillfully doing so, so in the patois of someone oh who has hit puberty not too long ago and is engaged in the epic struggle of a high school relationship. The use of quotation marks representing actual dialogue sprinkled with asides, what, for example, and even <laughs> a hint of sarcasm in some lyrics, I'm really going to miss you picking fights, in an overall choppy presentation presents, uh, brings the magnitude of aforementioned high school drama to the listener in a way that could very well change your life. The chorus is an affirmation of her irrevocable and total rejection of the former lover, no matter how much quote-unquote talking occurs in the form of rumors or excuses or slandering, the repetition of the word ever after never confirms the relationship is over. There you go. The sampling of a real-time conversation near the end of the song once again brings the complexity and gravity of the singer's heart-rending dilemma right to you. So that was that was Yugo Susu on Taylor Swift's version, which I felt was fitting. I know that Jimmy Eat World don't have that that real, uh, like like Jed was saying, if you listen to the end of this episode, uh, was talking about it, like the iPhone recording of her actually talking about that, which is kind of cool in there. Yeah. Uh, but I thought that that was deserved for, it, it was just a really well-written, even if it was tongue-in-cheek, uh, review uh, of the song meaning here. So there you have it. I think this is, it's, it's a girl that says it's the end for real. Um, and then maybe at the at the end of this track, is it really the end? Who knows? Right. Or Taylor, maybe. Yeah. And then we talk about the bridge. There's like a little like uh, back and forth there that I used to think that we were forever and ever. And I used to say never say never. And I used to say never say never. We did not discuss that. No, I have that down here at the bottom. Um, and I used to think, yeah, that we were forever and ever. And I used to say never say never. So I think she was just a, a little bit. Sli- it sounds like she was a little bit slighted. And now she's jaded and is done. She is just for whatever. Yeah. You know. It's really he could try anything. I feel like we talked about it on this show actually. Um, somebody, maybe you, had said uh, that the bridge of a song is really like your thesis statement for the entire song. Like you could, a good bridge sort of outlines really what the whole song is saying. Yeah. And this is another example of ever since I heard that, I'll read a bridge and say, yeah, well, goddamn, if that ain't the fucking point of the song. Yeah, there you go. Um, in, in four lines, no less, instead of the other 72 that precede it, right? Exactly, yeah. Um, but I like it, um, especially in uh, Taylor's version, it, the song. I, I like a bridge that takes a left turn a little bit, but sounds, but uh, still makes sense, you know, tonally and everything. Um, right. She's a good songwriter, man. Yes, um, yeah. And for the most part, uh, oh. through verse two and and the bridge, uh, I think I got it backwards before, and uh, uh, Jed and and uh, uh, other people are probably yelling at me. I believe what I'm looking at here are like a weird amalgamation of ter- Taylor's lyrics in the way that Jim is singing it. So, uh, and the reason I think that is because I know the line in Taylor's song is much much cooler than mine, but in Jim's version, it's that's much more popular than mine. Um, and uh, and so my guess is that my uh, like, what, what do you have in that first verse? Uh, then you come around 
again, you say, I miss you. I swear it. I'm changing you. Trust me. Does hers say I'm sorry? Uh, so it says, then you come around again and say, baby, I miss you. And I swear I'm going to change. Trust me. Uh, the next line is, remember how that lasted a day. I say, I hate you. We break oh, up. Okay. You call me. I, I must have you. confused my lyrics because uh, then Jim must be saying, I'm sorry then. Okay. Interesting. Um, it goes back and forth. But uh, yeah, there's times where Jim says ever, ever, ever three times. Um, I don't know if Taylor does or not. Um, but uh, yeah, it's a fun song. <laughs> it is. Uh, and thank you for bearing with me, uh, having copied down Taylor Swift's lyrics and then kind of... Uh, I concatenated them took some stuff out but I think it's important to talk about the way that her song is and then we get into this where it's another like uh, uh, in terms of how the band has written this song it I think it's more faithful to the original than say uh, New Religion was or Firestarter which those seem like new compositions this exactly you could almost hear the original behind it done in this jimmy eat world style yep Um, slightly slower yeah 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 it it feels like the same song though and i think in a way that was the that was the downfall of this cover for me in terms of like i really like it i think the chorus for taylor sounds fun and it's cute um i I just don't know if there's anything jim could have done jim or tom could have done to make this I think Zach did the best he could to like sort of like do something with the chorus, but the chorus is almost too silly to make it uh, play to how great I think Jim did with the verses and the band did with the verses. The chorus just kind of stands out like a sore thumb to me. <laughs> um, what about you? Yeah, what, and, what and you know, you you're, you're sort of you're, you're sort of tied in um, it, once you've invested yourself in that tempo that they chose, um, and obviously they have the sound, the Jimmy Eat World sound. But yeah, when you get into the chorus, you, you made a good point with Zach is, is like he can only do so much because once he steps too far over that line, then it sounds like the drums are actually taking over. Yeah. But really, they're in this this kind of dead space where they can't really do they can't bring it out too much. Maybe if a different production, maybe they could have done something. But you listen to it and you go, well, what can we do to make this better? And I would just say scrap it and do a faster version or do something that's way out of the box like they did with firestarter that's just jimmy world right exclamation mark yeah and i think i think i think it's cool like it very much fits the jimmy world formula uh the verses are very straightforward you suck it back zach almost does nothing in the pre-chorus just is hitting a little bit on the ride there yeah and then the chorus you want to blow up and it does blow up it's just like it kind of falls flat for me a little bit um yeah and uh, I think that's just uh, you're doing a pop song in a uh, in a in a more shoegazy emo style, um, and uh, but not going full shoegazy emo, <laughs> right? Yeah, I, 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 and here's the thing: is I don't know what what else they could have done other than like yeah. do a different composition. Um, but I think uh, everything else works for me, so it, it makes it fine. Um, you know, right. Um, so yeah, uh, other than that, we could jump into track notes. Um, yeah, let's do that. that. Uh, so God, Taylor Swift loves Jimmy Eat World. And I love that Taylor Doesn't Swift she? loves Jimmy Eat World. Yeah. Um, and I have, <laughs> what do I have? Five instances here that I specifically have, and maybe you found some more stuff. There was a billboard article that very specifically, uh, talks about Jimmy Eat World 
Claro and more flip out over inclusion on Taylor Swift's new Spotify playlist. Holy shit, this is rad. Uh, so I guess that's the name of the playlist. This is from 2019. So uh, <laughs> a more recent one. And this is when uh, Jimmy Eat World tweets, uh, prayer hands. Holy shit, this is a rad playlist. And we're honored to be hidden among giants here. Congrats on the new album, Taylor Swift. And uh, that they're quote tweeting Taylor Swift's tweet where it says sharing some never before heard lyrics from the album, the new album every day, plus some of my favorite love songs on the lover enhanced album playlist on Spotify. And, uh, and she links to it. So I believe she put five, five, five on this. Holy shit. This is rad playlist. Um, okay. And, uh, a lot of people wondered if that is, if that contributed to five, five, five getting as big as it did. That's that's my fifth point here. Um, hmm. somebody on Reddit had pointed out that 555 at the time that this was posted one year ago had 2.6 million views. And this is, uh, oh, how is this? Oh, okay. I was spinning free for a minute. The username didn't populate. <laughs> Uh, so this is user <laughs> I was spinning free on the Jimmy Eat World subreddit random, but I just noticed that 555 already has 2.6 million views on YouTube and it's only been up for a month. To put that in perspective, Big Casino has 2.8 million, um, which at that point had been pretty old. Uh, pretty sweet to see that so many people are watching it and the comments are overwhelmingly positive, which is awesome since the comment section of anything is usually a cesspool. I feel like this song deserves to blow up. So just thought it would be uh, it was cool that it had this much traction. And uh, JG429 says, is this legitimately the power of Taylor Swift tweeting something? If so, I think <laughs> it is. That's crazy. <laughs> I um, know, right? Yeah. So, uh, and, and here's the thing. Uh, that It's all love, right? You know, uh, that's... Yeah. That's oh, I know. Yeah, cool. it is. Yeah. Uh, she didn't have to do that and anything like that. Uh, Jimmy World tweeted... Uh, oh, I, I uh, linked to the tweet. So that's three of my points. Um, she did the Apple Music ad, which uh, did you were you able to find? I found one shady link of the Apple Music ad <laughs> that we can watch a little bit of here. Let's um, do it. I didn't I didn't find anything else. No. OK, it's really, really cute. Uh, this is like a Spanish language YouTube activities channel. getting ready to go out. Oh, she's my looking. God. I love this song. You still listen to this in middle school. So she's doing makeup in the mirror here. And then she uses the lipstick as a microphone. What's funny is, look at the way she's doing it. You can kind of tell that she's a Jimmy World fan. Like, she's kind of doing Jim's mannerisms. The, the head bob? Yeah, right? And she's yeah. kind of, like, doing her eyes. Like, I don't know. It's pretty cute. And her dance is very Jim. <laughs> oh, yeah. Like, that. the hands, dude. She is, she is channeling Jim here. She's a head. Anyway, she's dancing around in the bathroom, getting ready to go out. Yeah. Mic drop. I do take Dude. umbrage with her doing this Apple Music ad, and she's out here sharing a Spotify playlist. Fuck out of here. <laughs> <laughs> Again, watching that though, looking at like you look at her and you go, "How is somebody that's so high up in this?" Uh, on this mountain of like performances and, and being an artist and everything, they yeah. just also seem so approachable. Like, yeah. you know, you can just see from that, that she really 
knows, has watched, let's just say in her off time, maybe she's watched a few live shows of Jim or has been to a show in incognito. I have no idea. But yeah. the fact that she's able to just uh, reenact that is uh, pretty endearing. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Super. And then that, and that commercial was huge. And, like, I think yeah. the band's song, like, uh, what did it say? Uh, no, that doesn't say it. I don't think I took the note. Um, essentially, the song, like, blew up and, like, got, like, 300 and something time more streams after that commercial had premiered than it had been doing before that commercial premiered. Um, and lastly, somebody, and I didn't take the note, uh, somebody on the subreddit had said, oh, are there any songs by other artists that reference Jimmy Eat World that you know of? And somebody pointed to... At the end of verse one on Taylor Swift's Shake It Off, let me jump here to 29 seconds on this uh, in Watch Together. We're going to get flagged so hard playing all this Taylor Swift oh, stuff. Oh, man. Just do it, man. <laughs> uh, so <laughs> the song and video are great. I'm going to jump over here to 29. I'm going to do it 28 seconds just in case. Let's listen to the lyrics here. I, I didn't write down what they were, but that these are calling back to Jimmy Eat World in some way. But I keep So that it's going to be all right. Ah, yeah. I believe people are uh, thinking that that is a nod to the middle, which knowing Taylor and her love of Jimmy Eat World, I don't know. I don't think I ever would have thought of it before, but now it's like hard to kind of say that that wasn't what the she's very, literally talking about listening to music that's telling her to be all right. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, I, I, yeah, never thought it's probably of, so the middle, I've seen right? I've seen the movie Sing, right? <laughs> I've, oh, I haven't I've seen it. Listen yeah. to that song, that version of the song, the Reese Witherspoon version of that. Um, I've heard the Taylor Swift. Never thought that 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 uh, that they were yeah, tied right? together. But yeah. now I can't unhear it, David. <laughs> <laughs> Which is tight. Damn I it. like that song. That song's yeah, fun. yeah. Um, do you have any other instances of like Taylor showing her love of uh, Jimmy E. World? No, no. I just had a a simple review of um, of the album mentioning the their cover. But no, I don't have anything that fits within your uh, your bullet points there. No, um, I did make a note. This is from the uh, awesome and the uh, head in the hand Jim Atkins gift comes from this interview <laughs> where he talks about playing with Taylor Swift. Unfortunately, I had some issues with my uh, phrase find, but this this kind of covers all the bases of Jim talking about how cool it was playing with Taylor Swift uh, in Phoenix um, when they played the middle together. Why are we on she asked, man. She asked. That's yeah. kind of cool. Yeah, she was playing in town. Are you talking about when, when she covered Middle and had me play with her? Is that in Phoenix? You yeah. were You were on stage with her? Yeah, yeah, okay, so yeah, it was yeah. the, all I heard was you rose from the stage at a Taylor Swift show. Yeah, no, she asked. She was like, I guess she, she's a fan and, and liked the tune and um, wanted me to, you know, she was in she was in town, wanted to see if I wanted to play with her. I was like, she okay. She scored major points with this kid. <laughs> the kids, yeah. Oh, yeah. All of a sudden, yeah, I got major that cred. That was cool again. I got major, <laughs> I got major cred with the 11-year-olds on my block after that, <laughs> for sure, because they were at the show. No, seriously, man. Like, she's, like, on top of her game totally. You won't, well, you never really know, but you will not see her mess up, man. She's not going to. She's the real deal. She's not gonna like end up like a crazy <laughs> kid that kid that like pick one. Be, be, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like there, there's plenty of no, examples. She's got her stuff together. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, no, it was fun, man. She was really cool, 
and her band was awesome. And yeah, I got to the inner, the inner heavy metal fan kid in me got to be thoroughly stoked out because I did rise from the fl from the stage in the middle of a, an arena with like smoke and shit going everywhere. It was awesome. There it is. Final tap. Yeah, totally. But like real. <laughs> I like how we started with Stonehenge. Yeah, yeah, totally. Uh, so then I thought it would be cool. I know we're not doing the middle episode, but this is Taylor Swift and Jim. This is the uh, best video I could find of Jim rising, uh, which is great for an auto audio medium. But uh, <laughs> this is uh, Jim and Taylor Swift playing the middle at, at the Speak Now 2011 tour in. And that would be Jim Adkins from the band Jimmy Eagle. So she does the hard eat. Jimmy Eat World. Uh -huh. I feel like I'm in the Jimmy Eat World camp. <laughs> um, anyway, let's go. I love that she's playing with him. That's so tight. She's playing. She's doing her best Tom impression. And now this is cool. She takes the second verse here. I love that the whole band, like, do you think? They sat by the tour bus and like learned the song, or do you think the <laughs> night before she was like, "All right, guys, we're playing in Phoenix. Here's the song. Uh, we'll play it live tomorrow I, night." Like, I imagine that they're they're consummate professionals and they learned it the night before and were fine with it. <laughs> like, I guess maybe the band themselves probably played through it at sound check. Like this, this is probably what they do at sound check. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, hey, yeah. let's play it through. Let's make sure we're all like we all yeah. are playing it in the same key, right? Like. <laughs> Um, right. All right. Let's listen to Taylor hit the second verse a little bit here. The bass player looks like he's having a blast. <laughs> <laughs> this guy's like, hell yeah, I'm fucking playing with Jim Atkins right now. This is sick. <laughs> right. And just to kind of go back on that whole uh, that commentary I've made about her being such seemingly real person is you could she could go to Jim after this show and say, um, I don't know if you could tell, but I've I've sang this song in the mirror and I would completely believe her the way that she sings this and that she's almost taken aback the fact that she has Jim playing live with her and it's and it's true it's genuine coming from her it's not like hey we're both these huge musicians that she's also a little bit humble I don't know man maybe I'm just trying to sell myself on Taylor Swift but I don't think it's I, I, I see sell, why people man. can get it's so sick like, it was just it, it was so ubiquitous that I just never really sought out anything and like songs like love story kind of crept into my like ether and I was like, yeah, that's a great song. But for some reason I just never put the record on. Um, yeah. Yeah. But I don't think I've heard like a, an objectively bad Taylor Swift song. Yeah. Me neither. <laughs> um, this is interesting. Uh, I'm not interesting, but just kind of funny. 
uh, user Lambo underscore one year ago on the Jimmy World subreddit uh, said Taylor Swift cover of five, five, five. And I think this is just like a fun, like little thirsty comment that Jimmy World posted um, where uh, it's a screenshot of Clark. And uh, it says five, five, five directed by Jim Atkins and Goose Gill and Taylor Swift's favorite uh, current favorite song to cover is out now link to full video and song in bio. Um, and uh, let's see, I'm trying to see. I thought there was somebody else that was like just so excited about or, or like confused. Like, I guess it was just like the the comment of Taylor Swift cover of five, five, five. Like, uh, does this exist? Um, and that would be sweet to hear Taylor do five, 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 I guess. And like the, it would fit more into the folklore ever long or ever more um, kind of uh, vibe. Um, but I don't believe it exists. Okay. I was looking up. Um, <laughs> I was looking up a location of venue here. Oh uh, yes. Just, and only because I, this article that I came across here um, was from the Irish examiner and maybe you can. Oh, the Irish examiner. I know I can't help but read this in an Irish accent. So it's hard for me not to do that. Uh, this is a very short article uh, posted September 11th, 2013. And there's four, I'll just go through the whole, the, pretty much the whole bit here because they do mention the Olympia. And I was looking for the Olympia and where it was located. Now there is, uh, I'm a, well, <laughs> I know, right? There's the Olympia in Paris. There's Olympia London. Um, but it just throws me off a little bit because this Irish examiner goes on to say this. So it's 13 years since the group's breakout hit Bleed America Bleed America, gosh. Uh, Retitled, I know. Retitled Jimmy Eat World post 9-11. They never quite scaled those commercial heights again and seem happy to chug along as a largish cult affair capable of filling, without much effort, medium-scale venues such as the Olympia. So it doesn't really explain that there. Uh, And here's the meat of it. This zippy, upbeat concert leaves you in little doubt as to why they are so adored. Their songs may not be perfect and at their worst, are slight and inconsequential, but they blaze past so briskly, uh, there always seems to be a catchy chorus around the next corner. I Will Steal You Back sounds like Foo Fighters minus the debilitating stadium ambitions. Big Casino (laughs) and My Best Theory suggest Weezer without the passive-aggressive angst, as does a surprise tilt at Taylor Swift's We Are Never Getting Back Together. So already two, two little mistakes here. Um, floppy haired <laughs> frontman Jim Adkins knows how to win the crowd. <laughs> how do I find these articles, man? <laughs> this it's is this is cute- like in some regard, I'm like, okay, I think these are fair assessments of the band, but then they like have all these passive aggressive like turns. I know, phrase, and like- and what sucks about these in in this last paragraph, I thought this was very, um, this was like something that I learned about Jim in reading this was very kind of like uh, it hit me in my in my heart, very endearing. Um, early on, he apologizes in advance for the emotions that may come over him later in the gig when he inevitably, uh, uh, when he will inevitably be rendered speechless by his love for the Olympia, his favorite venue in the world, apparently. It's a charming turn, though. Never quite enough to deflect attention from the one-paced nature of their songbook, the classic definition of a great singles band in small doses. Jimmy Rolled are a delightful distraction stretched over an evening, though. Their charisma, such as it is, begins to wear thin. It's like they can't leave it at yeah. a nice comment nope. they have to slap them back kind of pisses yeah. me off but um <laughs> so they did mention we and they didn't even they didn't even title it right but they did mention that that cover there so a little bit of points lost for the irish examiner i you know, it's not the best in the world but uh 
I did recite what they had to say. So I still don't know where the Olympia is. I'm assuming it's somewhere over in Europe. Yeah, Glasgow. Yeah. <laughs> but he does, um, Jim does uh, have an affinity for that place. Uproxx, uh, the website, wrote a blurb about 555, which mentions Taylor Swift. Um, uh, I don't know what they were doing. They were ranking songs. This was number 27. Jimmy Eat World have made dozens of pop songs, but all of them could be primarily classified as rock. That's their thing. Even if their biggest <laughs> put them in the company of Taylor Swift and Nickelback and the cast of Saturday Night Live, none of it cuts against the humble image of the same four guys from Mesa, Arizona, hanging tight for over 25 years. Um, and then they just go on to talk about how great 555 is but uh it's interesting <laughs> that uh, there's this all always this like tie between um jimmy eat world and uh taylor swift um so much so that on jimmy eat wiki i opened up i just randomly typed in taylor swift i was like oh i wonder if jed put anything about taylor swift it's like <laughs> probably the most fleshed out entry on the entire yeah. <laughs> wiki. It's so good. i read that entry too late today oh my gosh we barely even talked about it but we'll talk about it here um uh she has four instances in 2011 she went on tour and uh wrote uh lyrics on her arm in sharpie and we just didn't talk about what songs uh she had written on her arm so uh on uh, july 23rd 2011 in new jersey she wrote i was only there to sing your song what were you protecting yourself from uh from mixtape um and then uh, September 28th, 2011, uh, she wrote, Little Girl, You're in the Middle of the Ride from the Middle uh, in Salt Lake City. Uh, then October 14th, 2011, she writes, Can You Still Feel the Butterflies? Can You Still Hear the Last Good Night from For Me This Is Heaven in Lubbock, Texas. And then October 21st, 2011, she wrote, May Angels Lead You In, Hear You Me, My Friends, from Hear You Me, and that was in Phoenix, Arizona, when she played with Jim on stage. That's pretty freaking tight. Yes. And that's all on JimmyEatWiki.com. Uh, and you'll hear more from Jed later in this episode. Now, okay. Now, you said you hadn't seen the video. No, uh, I hadn't. Man, I, I watched it. And I described this when we were talking with Jed. The fact that I watched it once through. I hadn't seen it before. And something drew me back in. I don't know what it was. Maybe just because there was so much going on and my mind was trying to process it all. Came back, watched it again, then got caught in the fact that, um, and from an editor's perspective, I swear it's a one shot. I mean, I watched it a couple of times. Oh, that's fun. Yeah, it's a, so it's a one shot. And another thing, uh, I started getting I started getting fixated on the, the gentleman in this just because you start to see someone that comes in and out. Taylor is pretty much in it the whole time. But for this individual that is sort of cast in and out of the scene, I was trying to figure out exactly what was going on with this guy because he shows up, let's say, for example, in the beginning uh, when he comes into the scene with a, uh, he's wearing a blue dress shirt, but underneath it, you can see this. It almost looks like a thermal long sleeve, but it's got three buttons up at the top. Not easy to see, but it's there. That's at 23 seconds. Then at a minute and 10, he's wearing this red sweater and you can see it underneath the red sweater. Uh, the cool thing about this scene at 110 is that he, and this is when I messaged you earlier today, he is on the left side of a table uh, and it's when she's discussing the whole concept of uh, the indie record that's better than, than hers. Um, 
right? He's on the left side of the table. It zooms in a little bit to her. He walks out of scene on the on left. Uh huh. Then comes around the camera into not only this, but there is a wall separating. And I don't know if there's a term for this in uh, in the uh, video a production breakaway. community. Uh huh. Yeah, there's a wall separating them. But he comes into the scene with um wearing a leather jacket. And it's I imagine that because this has been rehearsed so many times, uh, and it might be a little bit of clever maybe editing, maybe they they uh, zoomed it in just a hair, but he he it looks like when you really look at him come into the scene, like he is just barely making it into this scene wearing the the jacket and and receiving a phone call from Taylor on the other side of the wall. So he's got this leather jacket on with that white shirt underneath. Uh, and then about 35 seconds later, they're shown inside a little a fake car. Um, and he's walking out of the car and they're walking sort of away from the camera hand in hand. But now he's just wearing just the white shirt. Uh, and then a minute later, just at the very end of this, he is wearing Marty's life vest. What? Uh, and, okay. and a flannel. But is uh, and it's not I'm sorry, it's not exactly because I think uh, he's wearing an orange one, right? Michael J. Fox is wearing an orange one. Yes. This was a blue one. I just love looking at them and thinking of life vests as opposed to uh, just a regular uh, a vest. Yeah. Right? What so a life he's, preserver? Dork is going to drown. <laughs> yes, the life preserver. Yeah. Uh, he's wearing that with a flannel and and then the white shirt underneath that. The, and I just think about all of the buttoning, the unbuttoning, yeah, the right? zipping. That has to go on in this. They might have hidden some minutes. Velcro in the stitching. Uh, you so, think so? Yeah, and like okay. the sides, and so they they make breakaway uh, garments like that that can handle that sort of thing. So here's the thing: while you were describing that to me, I have started up my webcam. Do we put out a David reacts to this video because I've never seen it? Sure. Um, so we'll have a little inset yeah. of the video itself. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So um, let's uh, let's put this in watch together. Okay. And uh, I, I've never seen it. For some reason, I of all the things I watched, I've got 38 videos, or no, 30 videos in my uh, play, my YouTube playlist. Um, I did not watch this music video, so... Uh, I've got it queued up if you're ready. Oh, oh sweet. Perfect. Let's do Here it. Here we go. I'm dizzy. Whoa. <laughs> Casting call for Adam Levine look-alike. Yeah, right? Wow, yeah. Totally. Oh, my God. Uh, they look like... Um, what's that band? Uh, Bloodhound Gang. Yeah. <laughs> Looking like furries, man. Okay, she went away to do a costume change, huh? I'm really gonna miss you picking fights. So here's where he comes from the left into the right. And you would hide away and find your peace of mind with some guys running right now, man. Yeah. Wow, that was tight. Maybe he's twins, huh? There's that shirt, man. 
what is the Bloodhound Gang connection here? This is great. <laughs> Do we know anything about these guys? Uh, I think it's a real band, as far as I know. Okay, that's fun. So there he is with the <laughs> the nice shirt. Yeah. Oh, here's that voice note. Yep, there it is. So damn catchy, David. This is so endearing. I know. Gosh darn it. There it is, Marty's. Yeah, baby. <laughs> I'm dizzy. Uh, yeah. All right. <laughs> so great. now an, another thing that I noticed in this after watching it the sixth or seventh time was. <laughs> You're Swifty, man. Uh, so notable music instruments. I don't know if you caught this. When the band is playing at the, at the beginning, the middle, and at the end, uh, an auto harp. There's a violin, a guitar, yes, yes, yes. a, yeah. a diddly bow, a lap steel. And then I asked you this. There's an OX. Um, I couldn't figure out this one, but it's just a it's a slick looking bass, man. Yeah, man. Yeah. It, it, it there was so much going on. Uh yeah, and, and I was I, I was uh I was in I'm gonna have to look more into in. that video for sure. I know. I mean, I don't want to toot my own horn, man, but it was uh there was a lot going on and I tried to digest everything. Pretty damn good. Um, okay, so any other track notes specifically about this uh I have a couple links. I don't think these necessarily count as covers. Um, so I could play a couple of these before we get to covers. Um, the first is something I found on Bandcamp. And I say, oops, I don't hate it. Um, I forget <laughs> if we can play Bandcamp in Watch Together or not. We can't. So just send that one to me. Cannot. Okay. So you need this. And this is posted by Lewis Wake. Okay. On Bandcamp. And it's so great. I don't know if this is a photoshopped image, but it's uh it's a it looks like a Polaroid of Taylor Swift with dark hair looking like and heavy eyeliner looking up at the camera through her like long swoopy bangs. And it says <laughs> T S Emo with a sad face in the O question mark written on the bottom of the Polaroid. This I love everything about this image. Yeah. It's uh, so good. And I guess this is I, I believe this is the vocals of We Are Never Getting Back Together with the music of the middle, if I remember correctly. Okay. All right. Here we go. <laughs> I remember when we broke up the first time seeing this is it. I've had enough. 
All right. <laughs> it's in like ninety percent of the way there. It's like yeah, really good. So well done, man. I think if you if you hadn't heard her version first, you might be fully invested in this. But I think knowing her vocal line is tied into a different right. chord progression, it's a little hard to get into it. But I it, it falls it, out it, like ten percent of the time. But the other ninety yeah. percent is like great. Oh yeah, um, the the chorus delivers. The chorus delivers. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, and then oh, I said this is cute, but not necessary. It's a nightcore version of Taylor's version. It's oh cool. yeah. Um, uh, oh, you want to listen to it? Here, we can listen to it. Oh, come second. on, man. I'm always down for a nightcore. <laughs> we don't have enough nightcore <laughs> on the show. Um, all right. Let's see. This ought to be it. Oh, and it's a fan-made music video. I remember when we broke up the first time, saying this is it, I've had enough. Because, like, we hadn't seen each other in a month when you said you needed space. What? It's kind of cringy because it's like a fan-made video, but like with all the layered tank tops and infinity scarves, it's like insanely early 2000s. Oh, yeah. They're going to go post this on LiveJournal, man. Uh, I don't... I'm that made me a little uncomfortable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, in the choice of making it Nightcore... Uh, so like, right. Why is it also Nightcore? <laughs> right. Uh, so th- that was <laughs> uploaded by That's So Fetch with two H's. Oh, my um, gosh. That is trying to make that... Fetch happen. Oh, yeah. um, <laughs> It'll never uh, happen. It, it's cute. But yeah, uh, f- fan made videos. I was like, why did I write fan made video and Nightcore? And that's it's because it's exactly <laughs> what it is. Um, before we get into live videos and covers and stuff, I have a I have three community things. Hit what me. do you have? I got oh. nothing, so I take all your community. JT O'Donnell does not have this in his top 100, but he does mention Taylor Swift in his article, and here's what he says. They've taken cues from a vast array of influences, including but not limited to Bruce Springsteen, The Cure, The Jesus and Mary Chains, Fugazi, The Pixies, Pavement, Metallica, Elliot Smith, Def Leppard, Rocket from the Crypt, The Buzzcocks, The Velvet Underground, Tom Petty, Archers of Loaf, Jawbreaker, Nirvana, and B- Built to Spill. They've covered the likes of Wilco, Superchunk, Prodigy, George Michael, Guided by Voices, and Taylor Swift. And in the end, they've created a polished, emotionally driven pop rock sound all their own, one that has led to commercial success for many other bands they've influenced, but can easily be traced back to the middle hitting it big. So, uh... This is like a middle light episode, this one. Right. Um, I know. There's so many. It goes back to it. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Who posted this in the Facebook group? Kerrigan Richards says, favorite cover that Jimmy did? Mine is Prodigy's Firestarter. Amazing. And there are many comments here. And I would say maybe 15 to 20% of them are saying that we are never, ever getting back together. Our wow. Covers, which is wow. pretty good for as many comments as there are on there. I would say there's at least 10 comments of people that think that this is their best cover. Huh. Um, huh. And finally, Josh Can't Swim on Reddit says, on a Taylor Swift-related note, there seem to be a lot of parallels between the two 
and their lead singles slash album tracks. In the TS fandom, of which I'm a member, LOL, there's a lot of talk about lead singles and their purpose. The last few TS singles led singles never were never big chart performers, but used for an odd storytelling narrative. When the albums eventually drop, deep tracks are often fan favorites. Much like TS, Jimmy Eat World seems to be making music for themselves and their fans, not to the top Billboard 100. Both artists with a massive song catalog can rely on their existing fan bases without selling out, quote unquote, and still sell records and sell out their venues. It had more listens than most of the singles in a few days. I think that speaks a lot about how well that track might have done as a single. With every big... I wonder what this was about. I didn't link to the Reddit post, but I'm assuming they're talking about maybe 555 if this was a year ago. Mm -hmm. Um, With every big artist, you may never get the full scoop on why certain songs were singles over the others. Taylor Swift and Jimmy Eat World can say get right or me were about telling a story but we'll never know if that legitimately thought if they were legitimately thought it top billboard uh and then i guess sainted ward one year ago comments i was pretty on the fence about taylor swift until i took my wife to see her it was a fantastic pop concert they're not a perfect fit but there's a definite parallel between them so much so that i could imagine jimmy Eat world supporting her and nobody complaining uh i think that uh, dude if jimmy Eat world opened for taylor swift i would be 100 going to a taylor swift concert oh yeah with absolutely no regret no regrets <laughs> no no regrets man and it'd be so absolutely. sick imagine seeing like jimmy Eat world play the staples center or something crazy like that oh man um that'd be tight so that is all i have for community did you have anything great from community or uh no no, no Jed, that Jed you... our interview on this episode counts as community. Yes. Um, okay, so I've got a few live videos to talk about. The first is their first time playing it live, which is June 30th at Club Zoo. So this it's just cool hearing them break it out and no one really knowing that this is going to happen in Pittsburgh. so blown out you can't even tell if oh the my crowd gosh to it <laughs> um, but still fun but, uh, but now i get what you're saying with jim's uh lyrics so he goes you go talk to your friends comma talk maybe even exclamation right, mark yeah, yeah. talk my friends talk to me yeah i like that little uh, variation me too yeah, yeah i like the little pause so uh next is caitlin hughes uh got to see the band perform from the side stage uh right next to tom and here's a little bit of them playing
love that perspective mm-hmm. uh and uh so yeah that was caitlin hughes posted that one and finally this pro shot live performance oh, yeah. when they performed on conan which is great so good uh so let's listen to a little of that interweb music exclusive they got such like an ib damage sound going with the guitars here man absolutely yeah This is the Damage album cycle, right? It came out around Damage, but I looked, and it sounds a lot like, uh, oh man, on, uh, why am I blanking? It's because I'm hearing this. <laughs> it sounds like Sure and Certain. That's what it was. Oh, yeah, yeah, totally, yeah. Oh, yeah, my favorite thing is that Zach is rocking a stash here. This time I'm telling you, telling you. Oh yeah, and the delivery boy uh, hat, right? Yeah, yeah totally. <laughs> it looks like Mario Mario. I miss short-haired Rick, man. Maybe he just felt like he looked too much like a dad, and he's not. Yeah. So. <laughs> Pull it, rain oh, it back in, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> I checked it out, so I listened to that and heard um, "Sure and Certain" in there because I thought it was going to be straight from uh, "Damage," but there's actually a little bit of sound that they get, and so I started looking into it. And I did read an article uh, from Music Radar that Jim had talked about his equipment that he was using. But he talks later in this uh, response, he says, amps-wise, it was a lot of AC-30s. There's a Marshall head that I've had for a a long time that I know what it does. But if you look in the back of this, it's the Vox AC-30s. That's got to be that sound that he's getting from those. Yeah, I see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. See, yeah. We got to do our uh, equipment eat world, Jimmy Eat equipment episodes. Uh Because you understand more (laughs) of that stuff than I do. I'm just like, does it turn on? Yeah. How loud does it go? (laughs) Not too loud. <laughs> uh, have you heard of this band Wild Pink before? No, I don't okay. think so. I, I want you to play a little bit of this. So we've got a couple professional covers of this before we get into uh, community covers. Um, but this band I discovered a few years ago from Chorus FM. Jason Tate was talking about them a lot. And they had this album, Yoke in the Fur. They've had a couple releases since then. But this is like the album art is perfect. It's very much on my beach vibes playlist oh yeah um so i think i think you'll dig a little bit of this and then we can hear wild pink covered we are never ever getting back together um okay so here let's we go a little of this and then i'll just driving along PCH at dusk. Oh, yeah. This is the vibe, man. Or through the canyon. Yeah. It was still dark. Oh, this is beautiful. It's it so good, dude. Snowing. This record is so good. Next time you guys are, like, doing a drive on your way home, it's very much like a dusk record. 
this is you pop this on, man. Kids kind of like zone out in the back seat. <laughs> in a prenatal snow globe. Wow. Okay. Love Wild Pink. So that's Burger Hill. Wild Pink covered. We are never ever getting back together. Very recently. Um, so let's take a listen to Wild Pink's We Are Never Ever Getting Back Together. I remember when we broke up Saying this is it, I had enough We hadn't seen each other in a month When you said you needed space Then you come around again and say I miss you and I swear I'm gonna change Remember how that last for a day I say I hate you, we break up You call me, I love you harmonies get Zach Braff on the phone (laughs) I'm telling you I'm telling you we are never ever ever getting back together we are never ever ever getting back together you could talk to your friends talk to my friends I love that bass sound it's very 555 yeah. <laughs> All things return to 555. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. Uh, wow, that's great. Wild Pink. This is super fun. I was actually surprised at how straightforward it was. The Aquabats cover. Oh. We are never, ever getting back together. Jesus, guys. The shows seem fun. Yeah, oh, totally. The Bat Commander looks like he's having so much fun. And I don't think, I think they only ever played this twice. Um, I don't think they got the response from the crowd that they expected. Um, But I just thought it was so fun seeing them do it. I I wish it were more ska. Um, Yeah. Finally, for a professional cover section, uh, Hanson. They did it? It's so oh, good, damn. dude. It's well, so good. Uh, gosh. I, I... I'm never, ever, ever getting back together. We are never, ever, ever getting back together. You go talk to your friends. Look at that cajon work. Oh, man. Oh, Isaac, Zach, and Tay. <laughs> so good oh, what man. year was that from did you catch that uh, let's take a look this was uploaded by chris emmanuel and it was uploaded oh i clicked the wrong thing 
2015, May of 2015. This says live nice. in St. Louis. No okay. information if that was from 2015, but yeah. Wow, man. Pretty tight. I was yeah. to see Love him. those guys, right. man. They have such sweet harmonies. Yeah, man. So uh, I got a couple Coosty Boys. I got a couple drum covers. I've got something marked as other. And then a big long list of Taylor Swift version covers. Um, so I guess I have, it just depends on what you want to hear. <laughs> I've, got, I've got two that I have uh, curated. Sick. Hit, like, right. hit, hit me with them. So one of them is probably the first one, one of the earlier ones you came across, which was Acoustic Gamer. Yes. I really liked his version. Uh, and then I could not pass We've up. We've had we him on him. before, right? Yes, we have okay. definitely uh, come across Acoustic Oh, that's Gamer right. I, I found the link here. What was it for? It was for uh, Mixtape. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, and the other one that I really liked that was enough for me to put down here was Alex Melton's, which is an oldie for him, man. Alex Melton. Did I find him on here? I don't think he did, man. Oh, my His gosh. is good. So those are the two that I picked out of the, the list that I, uh, oh, that I so went Oh, I'm so glad through. you found that. I didn't see Alex Melton on there at all. Hell, yeah. Okay, sick. So uh, let, let's, uh, I don't know, hit me, uh, hit me with whichever one you think. Here we go. I'm going to do Acoustic Gamer first. Yeah. All right, here we go. This is Acoustic Gamer. We'll listen to a bit of this. Uh, my notes are really like his growl. Saying this is it, yeah, I've had enough. We hadn't been together in a month when you said that you needed space. And then you come around again and say, I miss you, I'm sorry, I'm changing. You trust me, remember how it lasted for a day. I hate you, we break up, you call me, I love you. Again last night Ooh. This time I'm telling you, telling you we are never ever ever getting back together we are never ever ever getting back together you go talk to your friends talk my friends talk to me are never, ever, ever, ever. Pretty good, huh? Yeah, man. He, he builds up to it. A little bit slower uh, tempo, but he builds up to that uh, that chorus with that uh, growl that he has in there. I think he pre-recorded it, so he was just doing the whole... Uh, uh, yeah, making the it, video version exactly of it. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, totally. yeah, you know, not, I'm not a huge fan of personally, but it still sounded great. Sure. Before we get to Alex Melton, because I'm very sure. excited about that, let, <laughs> let me hit a couple of the ones that I wanted Do to it. touch on. One was Punk Goes Pop, and there is a uh, Punk Goes Pod podcast that I asked them to weigh in. So hopefully if we have a piece of audio, we'll, we'll play it right after we listen to this. But listen to a little bit of Heart of Leo doing the Pump Goes, Punk Goes Pod ver- pop <laughs> oh boy version <laughs> that's the three beers talking uh yeah. of we are never ever getting back together let's listen to a little bit of this i remember when we broke up the first time saying this is it about a knife because like we hadn't seen each other in a month when you said you needed space 
Then you come around again and say, I love it. Baby, Absolutely. Yes. <laughs> Trust me, remember how that lasted for a day. I say, I hate you. We break up. You call me. I love you. That was oh, wow. man. I don't think I, I listened to that amped. much of it. I was just so excited to put it in here Whew. and talk, reach out to the <laughs> Punk Goes Pod folks. Oh. Uh, so we'll, we'll plug them in here if they have any uh, thoughts about it. David, Justin, Emma and Sam here calling in from Melbourne, Australia. Uh-huh. Uh, we're super duper looking forward to talking to you guys in real time sometime soon. Until then, thank you for giving us some cameo space on your pod. Uh, we won't promote ourselves too much. We will charge a fee, though. We will get on Cameo. <laughs> <laughs> so, we are never, ever getting back together, as recorded by my girl Taylor Swift, as covered by Jimmy Eat World, hence its appearance on Jimmy Eat Pod. Yep. And Makes sense. also, as covered by UK band Heart of Leo. Uh, I have to clarify, so the Heart of Leo cover isn't an official Punk Goes track. I imagine they just added that to the title to boost the SEO or whatever. But um, look, any excuse for us to get on a mic and talk? Yeah, we have these microphones for a reason, and let's talk. Mm-hmm. So we'll give you a lightning round. Uh, goes without saying, the Taylor Swift one is a bop. Um, Red is a bop, the end. Unless you have any extra thoughts before we keep going. I mean, I hated it when I first heard it. But now as a, you know, more functioning, mentally stable adult, I'm like, I'm allowed to like this. Exactly. Poptimism at its finest. Yes. Ah, uh, Heart of Leo. Let's do that first. I want to finish with Jimmy Eat World. Since I finished off strong, but this is actually a pretty strong cover as well. Yeah. It's it's just a out-and-out good pop-punk cover. Like, I initially, not hated it, but initially was taken aback by his delivery during the chorus, because it seems like he's about a half step behind Taylor's delivery. Yeah. In just yeah. the way he's just like, never, ever, ever. Yeah. It's very, like, pop-punk enunciation. Yeah. Like, definitely the book of Tom. DeLong. Yeah. <laughs> like, never, ever, ever. Also, if you guys ever want me to read uh, Tom DeLong's book, Secret Machines, I have that. I can do a narration of that for you. But this isn't a Blink-182 pod. It's not a Tom DeLong pod either. <laughs> this is true. But yeah, I really enjoyed the Heart of Leo cover. It, yeah, it definitely could have been an official Punk Goes track and I wouldn't have been any wiser to it. Considering we've only liked one of the Taylor Swift covers that we've covered out of three on the yeah. podcast, uh, this would have been up there. We would have enjoyed it. That Yeah, Taylor deserves this level of quality, I yeah. think. Um, yeah, I think the enunciation kills me a bit, like, in a good way. Like, it's just sort of like, ah, that's yeah. cute. But, um, yeah, no, I really enjoyed this. It's one of those ones, like, you can enunciate like that and it's always going to tug at my nostalgia. 
strings. <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> um, what was I going to say? And also gang vocals. Or, yeah. And plenty of what it's, it's It's like gang vocals light, because I feel like it's like a gang of three. True. Yeah. So just like small gathering vocals. Yeah. <laughs> um... Yeah, just chill night with your friends' vocals. Yep. But, um, yeah, no, uh, I give that one a hell yeah. That does get a hell yeah from me. Cool. All right. Uh, Jimmy Eat World. This is like the, the Taylor Swift version was like the triumphant, we're never getting back together because you're an asshole. Sorry, I don't know if I'm allowed to swear on your podcast. Or they not. can bleep it we're, if need We're be. Australian. It's part of our language. We, <laughs> we, we learn swear words before we learn, you know, general words. Pretty much. But... Taylor Swift is like, you're the asshole, and I'm leaving you, and, and we're never getting back together. I'm triumphant in this. And this one is like the, the wallowing in the fact that they're never getting back together. Yeah. I really, like, I hadn't heard this before, so thank you for um, bringing this to my attention. I am a bad Jimmy Eat World fan, but that's okay. Um, I love it. Like, the way they treat it, so carefully and they do make it like a Jimmy Eat World song like even just the way that Jim sort of delivers the lines and like sort of shifts the phrasing around in the delivery of it it sounds like something he could have written yeah like the lyrics are a little bit off well not off but like different to what his standard fare is but just the way that he delivers it and like there's sort of pauses and like really interesting turns of phrase that he makes out of the original and it's just yeah this is the product of someone who has thought a lot about the song and they're not just doing like a <laughs> like how mm. funny would it be and i'd expect nothing less because my understanding is like i think taylor was slash is a pretty well not huge but like a oh i can't speak for her but like a jimmy Eat world fan like okay. i think she has made a couple of playlists on spotify that have had Jimmy Eat World on them. Um, there's the Apple commercial that she did where she is on a treadmill, um, sort of like jamming out to the middle by Jimmy Eat World. Like, and obviously that's a company choice, but like, yeah, it just it makes me happy to see these two entities. It's pl- a good marriage. Yeah. yeah, like playing along with each other and vibing off each other's work. And yeah, this version definitely feels like. Uh, he wrote it while crying himself in the shower after a breakup. Crying like, himself in the shower. Yeah, crying himself in the shower. We don't have enough time for me to explain what that means. You know what? Let's leave it there. Cool. Uh, hell yeah or yeah nah for oh. Jimmy Eat World. Hell yeah, definitely. Hell yeah. All right. Thank you for having us on, and we look forward to speaking with you again in the future. Over and out. Um... And let's see, there was, uh, yeah, a couple punk covers, punk covers, metal thing. Uh, it's all fun. Oh, this was great. I, I just, <laughs> I just want you to see it. This is radioactive yes. chicken heads. Did you see yeah. that? Yeah. No. Oh, it sounds dude. amazing. I, I called it uh, Aquabats Core, and you'll see why. <laughs> oh. I don't know what to do with this. this. Is Me neither.
I love the bass tone <laughs> on that. It sounds great. Uh, yeah, for those that aren't familiar or <laughs> don't see what we're seeing, they are actually radioactive chicken heads. They look like paper <laughs> paper mache. Um, oh, we're gonna I, definitely have to rip that and post that oh, on the socials. Helmets. So good. Um, yeah, this is something else. Man. Uh, finally, this is the last one I want. Oh, now there's a couple. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna play a silly one and then a uh, an actually sincerely good one. Um, awesome. So the this first one is silly. It's uh it's a I don't know where they are in Indonesia. I think the band is called Shark in Your Mouth exclamation point. Um, and they are a screamo band, <laughs> and they're playing Whoa. a festival in the middle of the day, and I love everything about it. I don't know if they're ready, David. They thought it was going to be handsome, man. So glad I found this. <laughs> There's so many people in this band. Yeah. Hey, there's someone in the audience having fun, man. Yeah, man, that dude got it. Oh, man. Uh, shark in shark your mouth. Shark in your mouth. Uh. So good. And then uh, uh, before we get to Alex Melton, I want to play you John McCarthy. I said, I love dude I, rocks it. I love the level of, uh, <laughs> I guess, just a quality that we hold Alex Melton up to. We, You have no idea what he sounds like, but we're just saving him for the end just because we know we know how well Alex. He can. Yeah, Alex, come on the pod. So uh, John McCarthy, I, I just look at the thumbnail and I'm like, yes, this dude's going to kill it. All right, let's see this. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I remember when we broke up the first time Saying this is it, I've had enough Cause like we haven't seen each other in a month When you say you needed space Then you come out <laughs> and I miss you, I swear I'm gonna change Trust me, remember how the last time Like what's great is it looks like he's reading the music And the lyrics off of a page <laughs> How do you think it's, it's annotated? What? And what's his context for this song? I'm telling you, I'm telling you, we I'm still hung up on that. What? What? <laughs> but it's like genuinely good. Like, oh, he's great. Yeah, man. I would listen to this guy play at a coffee shop. I'd play playing live, man. Damn, John McCarthy. Fucking John McCarthy. <laughs> like ever oh man damn he knows he's got that comedic timing man yeah man. like ever like i just what, what's his context <laughs> yeah what what <laughs> uh okay so uh finally uh before we uh get to our interview uh let's let's see what alex melton did with it you said it's an older yeah. one for alex 
This is, yes. All right, here we go. This is uh, We Are Never, Ever Getting Back Together. Pop Punk cover by Mr. Alex Melton. Oh, my gosh. No beard. Hair. He looks, yeah, he looks way younger. I remember when we broke up the first time. Saying this is it, I had enough. I love it. Yeah. He's so perfect. So good, huh? I love Alex Melton. Now, real quick, since it's uh since it's Taylor Swift episode, have you seen his love story cover? No. Dude. Okay, we gotta do love story before we get to Jed. <laughs> uh, okay. <laughs> let me see if the in video link uh works because I see it right here. No, it just took me to it. So let me copy this uh this link. He he did it for like TikTok or something, and it was uh-huh. it blew up huge. Just absolutely huge for him. I think this is like the turning point for when his videos became like kind of serious um, because the TikTok blew up so much. But he had only done that much of the song. And it was unfortunately, it's like later in the song. Um, but I kind of like want to watch a lot of it. <laughs> um, <laughs> so he went back and covered the whole thing of my favorite Taylor Swift song, Love Story, uh, in uh, pop punk style. So it's terrific. And this is new uh nu new uh alex melton style hat beard all the jazz oh yeah So good. I hate Alex Melton so much for being so perfect. Wait till he gets to the uh, modulation in the at the in the in the bridge. It's so good. I'll skip us forward a little bit. Let's see. Yeah. 
so good. Jeez. I want nothing but success for Alex Melton. Oh, yeah. And I'm also no insanely jealous of Alex Melton. <laughs> <laughs> Love, hate, baby. Oh, man. <laughs> Justin, what are your final thoughts of the song Love Story by Taylor Swift by Jimmy Ewell? Um, I love the song. I was uh, I was entranced by the music video, as, as you could see clearly. <laughs> and I like Jimmy World's version of it. I like that they kind of make it their own. It's a little bit like I like I had mentioned, where it's just in this abyss of I don't know if it's necessarily full Jimmy World or full original cover. So I think that gives it a, a few a fewer points uh, that I would have awarded it. It's good. Um, but it's it's nothing special in my book. What about you, man? I'm really glad that it exists. And I was I'm trying to think if I saw them play that live. I don't think I did. Um, but like I would have been stoked to have seen it live. And I'm not mad that they don't play it anymore. You know what I mean? Um, uh, and I, I, I think I like the original more, which is fine. <laughs> um, and uh, I think I'm I think I had so much fun tonight that I think I'm more interested in putting on a Taylor Swift album from front to back and, and spinning it. Uh, yeah. In her as I'm an artist you. for sure. Um, so yeah, that's, that's kind of my takeaways from it. Um, man, what a night. Had a terrific oh, yeah. night. Everybody stick around for Linux. Who's going to come and school us on all things that we got wrong. Uh, yeah. Already. Hell yeah. Um, but if we don't see you uh, uh, then, uh, then continue to be excellent to each other. And party on, dudes! Ladies and gentlemen, uh, it's been a while coming, but uh, this is the episode to have him. The man, the myth, the legend, Jed <laughs> slash Linux, who you may have had us shout out on the new trailer that we have for the show. Jed, welcome to Jimmy Eat Pod. How are you, sir? I am great, and it is so exciting to be here. I feel like I've uh, I've arrived. Yes. So. Is this like your favorite Jimmy Eat World song because of the crossover? Or? <laughs> Not at all, actually. Yeah. Like you would think with my dual fandom that I'd I'd be jazzed for it, but I'm like, eh, it's uh, it's fine. Yeah, it's serviceable, right? Yes. <laughs> it's no Your House 2007. So on the Discord, oh God! Um, I'm so glad uh, you dropped that, Jed. So while you, <laughs> since he's brought it up, I'm just kidding. The most passive aggressive episode of the pod yet. Yeah. <laughs> Justin and I were texting each other timestamps back and forth <laughs> when we were listening to. It. Like you got to listen to what we do to each other here. Yeah. <laughs> Terrible. So, um, the uh uh um in the Discord we have noticed that you were a huge fan of, and we should say that you have done an amazing job at curating the Jimmy eat wiki site and inputting what we feel like we were too lazy to do. We were like, Oh, let's just record ourselves talking about the songs. And if anybody wants to find out information, they have to listen to two hours of us talk about it. Right. Um, you've made a, a very functional searchable way of diving down the rabbit hole um, of Jimmy Eat World songs. And I'm very excited to see that fill out and become more and more robust. And in that, you had mentioned that in 2011, Taylor Swift had gone out on tour and sharpied lyrics on her arm. And every night it was a different set of lyrics. 
and multiple nights she did Jimmy Eat World lyrics. And this was near the time that she did the Apple ad, right? Where, yeah, right around that same time. Right. So her Jimmy Eat World fandom, if it were not out of the bag at up until that point, was very much out of the bag after that tour and that Apple ad. And I think she even put them on uh, some sort of playlist with 555, and that blew up 555 even. So um, uh, when we noticed that, we said, oh, well, we got to have Jet on though we are never ever getting back together uh episode and so here you are to talk about we are never ever getting back together the jimmy world cover uh what were your initial thoughts when you did you hear that they were going to do the song before you heard the song or did you hear the song it dropped and you were very excited were you what's your story behind this particular cover yeah so i I think I heard the live version first, and I think it was maybe Conan. I yeah, who knows? Um, so I remember hearing that one first and being like, "Oh, that's cool." But I will also be honest that that was very much in my like, no, I'm not a Taylor Swift fan. Like, I just like some of her songs. Days, it, <laughs> so um, I don't know that I like I nerded out as much as I would have allowed myself to if it you know if it if it had come out two years ago or so when I, when I just embraced it. So, cause there, you, you've got to be a, a certain kind of, you know, 36 year old man to really embrace your, your Taylor Swift <laughs> fandom. So. And would you put yourself in the Swifty camp uh, completely? Or are you just uh, an, an admirer? admirer? Uh, I would say at this point, I'm, I'm a Swifty. I, I don't, own every album in some sort of physical copy. I've downloaded everyone. I, I think I've got pretty much every one of her songs. I do own a cassette of her most, well, of her second most recent album, the one that she dropped oh, mid-quarantine. Oh, that makes sense that she would have put a cassette out of that, yeah. Yeah, it's, yeah, very, uh, very 2020 feels of, you know. <laughs> Is there like an Orangewood Sessions of Taylor Swift songs? Like... <laughs> Um, there are some like demos. I would say the most rare thing that I own is like her admittedly not great 2007 Christmas album. I was <laughs> so, a Christmas but, album, man. Yeah. So there is a fun Jimmy world crossover. Cause I think one of the first tracks on that is last Christmas. Oh, I think we might've played that one on the last Christmas episode. You I may, at least can hear have. her singing it in my head. I didn't hate it. It's, it's what it is. It sounds like Taylor Swift singing last Christmas. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, it's very much like 17, 18 year old Taylor just, you know, yeah. living her best life. <laughs> nice. Um, and then, uh, because we haven't had a full discussion about the band yet on this episode, what is your history with Jimmy eat world, uh, coming into, uh, at least up into this point when they did this cover on. Yeah. Um, much more, you know, like I think since bleed American came out, I have pretty much said, this is my favorite band. So, uh, much as, uh, much as y'all's favorite bands are Weezer and like 182 respectively. Um, I would say that I might be in, Jimmy World is number one and Taylor Swift is number two camp. So um, maybe someday I will, you know, meet meet my uh, my pod partner and do a song by song Taylor Swift podcast, of which I imagine that there are literally dozens. 
Yeah. Right. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, definitely favorite band. Um, I have seen Jimmy World live, again, like probably 10, 15 times. Never seen Taylor live, uh, though I kind of, the more that I think about it, I kind of did, like way back in her country days. She played at, uh, there's like a local country fest uh, in the yeah. college town that I live in, and she was on like the kind of free stage at one point. So <laughs> I, I was I was Taylor Swift adjacent <laughs> at a point in my life, but uh, that's yeah. that's about the closest I've got. So you heard her play a song when you were going to get like a beer. Yeah, hundred <laughs> percent. Yeah, that's sick. Okay, so here we are. We are never getting back together. What are your songs of the, What are your thoughts on the Taylor version of this song? Um, so I think that I'm, I'm gonna just come out, come out strong with some, with some thoughts. I, I like the Taylor version better. Um, mainly because I think she's a lot, she's got the sass behind it. Um, definitely fun story there. Um, so I will, I will be the first to tell you that I way over prepared for this episode and I literally <laughs> listened to every song in Taylor Swift's category catalog today um you know it's like i just needed to be to be in the zone in that mode yeah. i guess um so i would say it's it's a fun song it's got um as as you all may or may not know uh taylor writes most of her songs um and i would i would say she either is the sole writer or a co-writer on all of them and she you know definitely has a lot of story behind behind them and this song in particular definitely is about an ex as you you know as one might gather from the lyrics so um i think fun story behind it um so yeah that's it's uh it's my favorite of the of the two you know if i if desert island had to pick one of the two i'd, I'd go with tay so i was and this was on I was oh, go going ahead, through, Justin, hold please. on, David. I was going through our wiki, like or not our wiki, the Jimmy Eat wiki, right? Looking at, at this this information. And you had expanded. So, it, I mean, the story behind it, though, goes a little bit further, though, right? Um, is it true that this gentleman, this ex, came into the studio and was kind of chatting up the producers, kind of just giving them, like, his perspective on things? and like, And then when he left... Is that all true that they kind of approached her and said, is this all true, Taylor? So my understanding is it's like a friend of the ex that came okay. into the studio. So, you know, it was as if, uh, you know, David and I were, uh, you know, in a, in a on, on again, off again relationship. And you came in, Justin, and said, Hey, I, I hear you and David are a thing again. And, <laughs> and then you would leave okay. and like the, the people that, uh, that right. we were recording with would have been like, so what's up with that? <laughs> I would hope you would do that for me, Justin. I know. <laughs> Justin, solid wingman. Oh, yeah, so, solid yeah. wingman. The wingest of men. <laughs> so that is that is my understanding. And uh, I think I would probably... I know that there is at least one other... Uh, Swifty Jimmy World fan who at least follows the uh, the pod account um, because I I messaged y'all about her when you had approached me to uh, 
to record this part of the episode with you. And I said, you might want this human more because she seems way more into this than me. But so I think I would be remiss if I did not mention that, that the X is like 99% sure Jake Gyllenhaal. So I don't think I put that, that bit of tea in the wiki, but I, I certainly could add. Yeah. Are we going to get, uh, you know, if, if somebody made it this far into the episode, you know, what, sue us. (laughs) Please don't sue us. We don't have lawyers. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it, it's all over Gawker. Like, I think if they're coming after after Jimmy Apod, then we've got bigger problems. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, big big Pod is gonna big Jillen Hall is gonna come uh, knocking on our door. Yeah. So. Okay. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. I was gonna say so. Jake Jillen Hall's friend comes in to the studio and and stands up i guess for jake and everybody's kind of like aghast at i i guess whatever happened yeah so they uh you know jake's buddy leaves and um i think the producers that were recording with her essentially said like all right let's hear the real tea and um i'm not sure if this is actually from that actual like part of the conversation but in Taylor's version, there's a part where she has very much like a iPhone uh, voice memo style recording where she is essentially is like complaining about him being like, oh, you know, we we get back together. We don't. And then she says the title of the song very uh, flippantly. And it's like, yeah, F you. <laughs> like ever. Like ever. Yes. <laughs> like ever. <laughs> Well, that's tight. I love it. Um, well, here, I want to ask you something. Um, yes. Is, is, I was watching the video. Now, I've heard the song. It, the, the song is unavoidable. It's it's inescapable, right? You hear it on any station. On You put together a Spotify playlist. She comes on this song. It's just it's like, it's like a, this just unavoidable pop song. I'd never seen the video. And, you know, today... Uh, I had mentioned back and forth with David kind of chatting. Um, I thought David had seen the video because he had made a comment about some kind of like uh, dance, silly dance that she had done. But I watched the video, watched it through once, and I don't know what it was. I watched it through a second time. Then I started getting into it, and I was like, I looked at how the video was shot. And then I started looking at all the elements in the video. And I I imagine that every one of Taylor's videos is just a little bit different, not always shot the same. But this is one of the notes that if, you know, you're at the tail end of this episode, but if you go back, I'm going to pose this question to David, but what is it that is just so magically entrancing about Taylor Swift? I don't know what it is, if it's the attitude, if it's her look, but there is just something about her that I could not look away. Yeah, I I mean, I will be the first to acknowledge that part of my initial Taylor Swift fandom was that I had just broken up with a girl and like saw her uh, first video for our song. And it was like, that's a good looking lady. Um, (laughs) And so, I mean, I, I would, I would acknowledge that some of that as a, as a, you know, as a dude was like, Oh, she's, she's hot. Yeah. Um, But I, I, I do, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to, you know, essentially be uh, uh, shit on by, <laughs> by real Swifties for just saying that, oh, I'm a fan because she's attractive. Um, so 
I don't know. Like, I think she's just got, she's got some attitude and I, you know, I, I, I don't know how far into like any of the other Taylor Swift's, um, lore you all are. Um, but she's got a, a few feuds with, with some folks. Um, so you may recall the, the Kanye West, uh, VMA, Yep. debacle of 09. Um, there's a little bit going on with, I think, Katy Perry as well. Really? Um, yeah. Um, if you've ever, I'm certain that it's maybe not quite as unavoidable as we are never, ever getting back together. Um, but the song Bad Blood, um, I think. What, okay, I know that one. Yeah. yeah. So that is about uh, Miss Perry. Um, oh. And so I think that like somebody's backup dancers were, were like hired out from somebody else. That's the that's the beef there. Um, that seems silly, but okay. Yeah, it's. I mean, I, yeah, that's. I I would say probably one thing that I enjoy about being a Jimmy World fan is that other than you know Third Eye Blinds, yeah. fuck that guy, <laughs> that there's not as much beef. Um, between folks and I feel like it's usually pretty good natured. Whereas, I mean, like the, the Kanye Taylor stuff is, uh, it's, it's rough. So, so the, that's, that's rough. Would you say that, and and I'm a big fan of John Mayer. So John Mayer's song, I can't remember which one came first. If it was, I actually, I'm looking at it right now. So dear John came out in 2010 paper doll came out in 2013 they're supposedly, I mean, I think it's pretty clear, right? Dear John is about John Mayer and, and their their time together. Paper Doll, because he mentions, I think he uses the number 23 in response to her being 22 or something like that. But, like, what was there? If you had to rate their relationship and, like, the, the degree of, um, I guess, intensity, is it was that kind of, like, low? Is that a blip on the radar? Or was that something big as far as Taylor Swift goes? Um... I would say probably big for both of them, though I think both of them are a bit more over it now. So the creepy thing about that is I think Taylor Swift was like 19 um, because I think she mentions in Dear John, like I was just 19 or, you know, some something to that effect. But I'm pretty sure John Mayer was like in his early 30s when they were dating, which yeah, feels much little... older than she is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so that's a little gross. Also, I <laughs> would be remiss if I did not mention that there's a Taylor Swift uh, or a John Mayer song featuring Taylor Swift, which is the a criminal misuse of her voice in that song. Like, it basically just like a horrible featuring song. Like, I think she essentially does like four seconds of backup harmony in the chorus and then nothing else. So it's... Uh, yeah. yeah, that seems silly, especially if you're John... Uh, not especially. Even if you're John Mayer. If you have Taylor Swift's feature on a track. Yeah, four but, seconds. Because, wait, didn't John Mayer date Katy Perry? And they have a song together. They do, yeah. Oh, that's... And she's much more prominently featured. And I hate that song, by um, the way. That's one of the Mayer songs that I hate. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Who You Love. I'll have to look that one up. It's... Uh, don't... Yeah, listen to it once and be done with it. Just to <laughs> just say that you've it. listened. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Uh-huh. Yeah, so that's uh I would say if if I were to and I 
again, there's there's a, like Swifty Nation somewhere is probably screaming at me for like <laughs> devolving rapidly into like let's rank the boyfriends um, <laughs> lands. But I blame myself. I'm sorry about that. <laughs> well, um, I mean, I, <laughs> we're not here. We're we're Jimmy Eat World podcast, and she didn't date anybody in that band. So really, yeah. we're just sort of like pontificating on the uh, general aura and and chatter around. Taylor Swift and it, it's a known entity but there's no judging so yeah yeah there we go I good good but yeah let's rank the boyfriends <laughs> <laughs> I, I guess I'm mostly interested is if she's currently seeing anybody and or does nobody know about any of that she is seeing somebody and this is like serious boyfriend like I, I think this one is gonna stick I feel very parental now of Taylor oh, Swift which wow. <laughs> is weird you know because i just said like oh she's hot um i want that for her yeah yeah no like i yeah i I hope it works out for those kids um yeah so i think the creep creepy factor is for sure um john mayer there's a lot of so many many songs are about jake gyllenhaal um including the this one um and and also I would would not feel great if I left the pod without uh, without mentioning my favorite Taylor Swift song is also a Jake Gyllenhaal inspired one, um, and then Harry Styles is another big one, and then uh, Joe Jonas. So and then I would say like the least like the most innocuous one that just had like a couple like kind of happy songs written not about them was uh connor kennedy of you know like the political kennedy family fame oh so how does she meet these people i mean well like people in the music industry and maybe actors but like a connor kennedy how do you even meet that person i think his i'm gonna i i don't know enough about politics to say but like one of the kennedys went to Taylor's concert and essentially was like, Oh, you wrote this song about my mom. Like, I think you'd like her. And then somehow that's how they got, they got hooked up for, for, a ah, I see. I didn't, I didn't know there was that connection. Okay, cool. Yeah. So that's, I, it's, it's certainly not the, the full listing, but I would say some of her best material came out of, um, Harry Styles and Jake Gyllenhaal. But okay. the, yeah, Taylor Lautner is also in there. I don't know if you all ever saw the movie oh, uh, man, Valentine Taylor, Day, Taylor. but that and that included both Taylors, and they they did some fun riffing off of that. <laughs> okay, Tay Tay, huh? Yeah. <laughs> you don't even have to come up with a a, a fun celebrity nah, name with that. So uh, I did not do this research, Justin. Maybe you did. We have not recorded the pod yet as of this recording, but. Yeah. Uh, I'd love Jed your uh, thought on or, or information on this. Um, has Taylor Swift said anything about Jimmy World's cover? Not that I have seen, other than just sort of the you mentioned some of the from the Speak Now tour, the arm lyrics, um, and then of course there was the 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 series of Apple Music. Um, Again, the, the the superior streaming service. Um, <laughs> Come on, the, man! <laughs> you know you got your house two thousand seven. Oh so my I, yeah, god! I gotta, okay, you got it. Fair play enough. Both of you. Fair enough. Yeah. <laughs> um, so there was those those ads, but I don't know that she has said much publicly about their cover. 
I guess I will say, yeah, I did Google a couple things and it didn't, I think I was on her Twitter or something and it seemed like mostly promo. Like it almost doesn't seem like she says much publicly um, and not in a weird way or anything, but she's not like a Mark Hoppus. She's not like a Zach Lind. Um, she is almost otherworldly in this, like not a real person type of way. <laughs> like, um, and, and yeah. not, and that's not a knocking of her. Like, I almost don't see her as a real person. I think, and maybe Justin, this is what you're drawn to in the videos. She seems like a real person, a very approachable person like that as a normal human being, but she almost doesn't exist as a public figure. Like, I don't feel like, and maybe I'm just missing all of this. I don't feel like there's tabloid shots of her and TMZ shots of her really doing much of anything. You almost always see her in her element. Um, and maybe I'm, maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. Well, I... go ahead, Jed. <laughs> <laughs> I would say there, uh, obviously the, the whole Kanye thing, um, has definitely been some tabloid fodder, but I, I mean, she's got some, some darn good publicists for sure. Um, yeah. yeah. Just keeping it, keeping it on lock. Um, the one, that, the one thing that she really enjoys doing, she's, she is like the master of, and this isn't maybe quite the tabloid stuff, but she loves chilling with her fans. Um, she will send. That's rad. Like she will send, uh, you know, it, especially back in the, like the big old, the, the good old days of Tumblr. Um, she would like randomly follow people and like send them gifts sometimes. Um, that's tight. That reminds me of Haley Williams. Um, yeah, Haley yeah. Williams like leaked her entire solo record to a fan, like literally dropped it at her house. Um, that's pretty tight. All right, cool. I dig that. I think, I think I really would like Taylor Swift as a person. Yeah. Um, yeah. I just, she see uh, what's funny is I feel like she probably lives like in Toluca Lake, which is like three miles from my house. <laughs> um, but that doesn't make her any more of a real person. Like, I don't think I'd ever see her at Trader Joe's in Toluca Lake. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah. She, she seems like in the, in the, um, and I don't, I, I say this not knowing really enough about like pop culture, but she seems sort of in the like Beyonce stratosphere of like, just not, yes, not somebody that, really that I would ever, yeah interact with yeah yeah although it was funny um when uh beyonce had that lyric uh i got hot sauce in my bag a coworker of mine who has worked in the music industry is like oh no that's true i saw her at a party once she had hot sauce in her bag and i was like oh that's amazing i love that <laughs> <laughs> which i think i think that's another thing i think beyonce is uh this untouchable entity to her fandom yet i'll bet if like i saw beyonce at like in like a work environment she'd be insanely cool <laughs> yeah totally she yeah so taylor like even just to give her to like humanize her a little bit more and i think this does get back to to justin's question about the like the allure a little bit um so taylor has several cats um i doubt that any of you would be surprised to learn that she's a cat lady um but i mean i never considered it before it but now i'm like yeah, yeah i see it it totally yeah, checks out oh yeah. yeah um but recently there was like some some scuttlebutt i i sound like i'm 70 um people on the internet were talking about um nah, go back how to scuttlebutt. They, they had okay, not my favorite seen... early south park characters <laughs> 
they had not seen one of her cats recently, so they thought like oh it God. had gone missing or oh, had died. And basically, it just turns out that the cat was an asshole and like was not into being in photos. But she did this whole like in- Instagram live thing of like, <laughs> "Here's Olivia." Um, so that's funny. So that's a, that's another thing is like as as an outsider, I never would have thought that Taylor Swift would have time for an Instagram live or the or, or, or like the wherewithal to do one. Um, and that she does do them is incredible and a whole side of her I just never even considered. Yeah, I think, David, the thing that you probably would also enjoy about, like, owning any of her albums is that, especially in, like, Speak Now, uh, Red era, so kind of that transition from country star to pop, um she did a lot of the like hidden messages or secret messages in the liner oh, notes. Sick, yeah. Um, so like essentially all of the songs that I've talked about of like, Oh, this one is about this person or this one is about this person. Um, we is in like the, the, the Royal Taylor Swift fandom. We, um, Swifties. Yeah. <laughs> yes. We know that because like of her like hidden messages in like liner notes that's and, tight and i think the other thing that that i so i am embarrassed to go on public records uh admitting <laughs> this but the other thing that she does that i think is like a little bit it's like that fun like easter egg thing is she does a lot of like clues um just like hey i'm gonna release this photo and it essentially like people will like count the number of like, I don't know, times that in the background, the letter H is there and somehow that means something. And to me that just like, it screams of the type of like weird clue stuff that just makes real life feel a little bit like a mystery that like also happens in the mass singer. And that's the part I'm embarrassed to admit that I've watched the mass singer because it's garbage television. But like sometimes in that show, it's like, Oh, because this, you know, they, they included the word Brooklyn bridge in there and Brooklyn bridge starts with two B's. So this person has to be Bobby Brown. And then all of a sudden it is. And you're like, Oh, they put Bobby Brown on that show. Yeah. He, he was literally on the most recent episode. Please don't make me also appear on the mass. <laughs> did he singer. do the Ghostbusters song though? <laughs> he uh, he did not, but uh, there was some missed. There was actually some missed uh, opportunities for Ghostbusters connections because people also thought it was uh, oh, what's his name, Ray Parker Jr. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, hey, nice pull. They, nice pull. Yeah, and so they were like, oh, it's him because like one of the clues was marshmallows and you know stuff. Oh my and I'm gosh, like, yeah, why man. didn't they make that connection? Even though it was Ghostbusters too. He'll be on the next season. Right, Ray Parker Jr. Now. <laughs> so I feel like I've redeemed myself by yes, I watched Mass Singer, but I I did have some good. Uh, oh, that's cool. So yeah, Swift and on. I, yeah, I dig right. it. Okay, cool. Yes. <laughs> well, and look from someone who has who has gone in uh, watching Lost. And been knee deep in that speculative, that whole atmosphere. There's a certain part of it that's just fun, just to speculate with other people. Go onto the subreddit and go, "Oh my gosh, I just watched this episode. Did you see this? The smoke monster made an S on the screen. That means that it's going to yeah. be, uh, you know, some kind of um, future reveal." I, I, I get that because I was, I got into it and I let myself enjoy it for that part of it. But yeah, when you look at it afterward, you go, "God, what a silly guy!" Me thinking that that the smoke monster was anything that never got answered. Period. Yeah. So. 
Whatever. Yeah. So, like, <laughs> good, <alert>. good recent <laughs> example of this, and this one is totally in jest. So, there's a subreddit called uh, You Belong With Memes, which is, so Taylor Swift has a song called You Belong With Me, and so they've, you know, played off of that. <laughs> um, and it's a delight. It's, it's pretty funny. Um, but Taylor recently released a photo of, like, essentially her standing in, like, the rain, and somebody was like, there's there's 1,989 raindrops in this photo, so that must mean that the album she's going to release next is is 1989, Taylor's version. Because um, oh, you all know about uh, the, the Scooter yeah, yeah, Braun yeah, yeah. drama about Yeah, I, I saw that. Uh, I watched the Demi Lovato documentary, and I saw that she signed with Scooter Braun, and I was like, no! And yeah. I really don't know why I don't. I'm not supposed to like Scooter Braun, but he does seem very skeezy. And if Taylor Swift doesn't like him, he can't be that good. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. So basically he bought out her old record companies, like production uh, masters for her. I, I say as if I know anything about the music. Whenever, or like... No, he basically has like coerced her with it. Like he's been a real jerk. So she's just re-recording all of her old stuff. That's tight. I wow. love it. I, I, uh, I, as a non Swift fan, I listened to like songs that I loved already, like Love Story, and I was like, I don't know, sounds like Love Story to me. I'm just gonna listen to this one now. Yeah. I'd rather she get the royalties for it than Scooter Braun. Right. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, that's essentially her her whole point. Plus, I mean, there's, uh, she's released some new stuff with the with those, so there's it's it's overall good. So yeah, the 1989 thing that that would be tight. I mean, I imagine she's gonna get through the whole catalog. Yeah, that's her. That's her plan. So it, people were a little surprised that she started with uh, Fearless because it's kind of right there in the middle. Oh, I see. Interesting. You know, because if I if I were doing it, I'd be like, all right, well, I got to start at the beginning, or maybe I'll yeah. start most recently and work backwards. But yeah, yeah. she's like, uh, we're we're doing Fearless. So <laughs> it's got the hits on it, right? I mean, yeah. they oh, yeah. all I guess have the hits on them. But um, shoot, there was something that Justin had said that. Nope, it's it's gone. So well, my all my comments were about the the music video, and I don't know. There were uh, there was a thing I, I mentioned about I don't know how similar her music videos are. Uh, I don't watch a lot of them. I just happened to capture that uh, we are never ever getting back together. It had six six hundred fifty one million views, and then I saw that you belong to me was over a billion views. Which is ridiculous to think about what that. The fuck? I know, and I, I think the first—I don't even know what that song the is. The first video that I remember crossing that threshold of a billion views, I want to say was uh, Gangnam Style, and I thought, "Whoa, what yeah, a big, right? what yeah. a big moment!" And now look at this. I mean, she's got—you know—you belong to me, and this thing is just on the side there as a promotional video. Like, oh, it's over a billion views. Wow. <laughs> amazing that's nuts yeah yeah uh, and on top of that uh i think i saw on chorus fm that she has like eight albums in the top billboard like hot albums chart right now yeah which she is crazy. Has broken i think and this is all my all my like taylor swift real news actually comes from that meme subreddit so like this that's could right. all be bs <laughs> it's um, all in meme yeah. format yeah. Though, you have to decode it like <laughs> yeah so I think she broke a Beatles record wow. with with that that had been out there for many years, and then I know she also essentially broke her own record in some other category. Essentially, like she'd had the most 
the most weeks at an, at number one in some other album, and then her her most recent album broke that one. Yeah. So crazy. Yeah. So where do we go from here with uh, Taylor Swift and Jimmy Eat World? Uh, do you hope that they do a co-write together? Would you, like what would what would a Swifty and Jimmy fan uh, be over the moon to see? Because he's already performed with her. Yeah. Uh, she's written their lyrics on her arm and and all that stuff. And I I would yeah. get down with like a you know Rachel Hayden style like uh, Taylor backing vote you know like. Jimmy yeah. Wolf featuring Taylor or even Jim featuring like I think they have the the tightest connection it feels like is do you is, think if uh if they did a uh, pass through frequencies episode it would like break YouTube oh I <laughs> I would love that yeah, yeah. so <laughs> that would be amazing. yeah because I, I I think that's kind of the I would say the the fun thing so maybe what I would say I'd, I definitely I'd like to have a featuring song I think it'd be kind of dope if she, so she often covers stuff from local artists on, while on tour. And so that's, if, if you've seen the, the video of her playing the middle with Jim in Phoenix or Glendale. Phoenix, right, yeah. Uh-huh. Um, that's that's sort, sort of her, her jam is she'll play, you know, like, oh, here here we are in Phoenix tonight. We're going to play something from this group. That's tight. Or, cool. Um, or, you know, like this is a, you know, even if they can't like get somebody from that group, they'll say, Hey, we're going to do a, you know, uh, Hey, here we are in Texas. Um, so we're going to play, uh, formerly the Dixie chicks. Now the chicks song, because many of the members are from Texas. So did she Um, do Motown Philly when she played Philadelphia? (laughs) That'd be tight. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I I do not know as many of her covers. There's a there's a few good ones floating around out there that I I'd, I'd say check them out. She's not the I think she what she lacks especially in her earlier years in musical like live singing talent, she definitely makes up for with her um her songwriting ability. So yeah. I think that's good. Yeah, like I I held off listening to Folklore until Evermore came out. And I listened to it all the way through. Um and so I can't differentiate between which songs are on which record, but it seems like a very cohesive piece that oh, works sure. together and I thoroughly enjoy it. And it's a different thing than I've ever heard from her. Um, it's, it, I mean, it, I was going to say, it sounds like Bon Iver, but it, it basically is a Bon Iver yes. record because he's on it even. Um, but uh, uh, there's something about wh- what I was going to say is the most the least interesting thing to me about Taylor Swift is the thing that everybody harps on about Taylor Swift. And it's like her personal life and her, uh, her relationships and things like that. And I, I don't really find that at all that interesting for the most part, I'm either indifferent to her or I like the songs that I know, um, of her. And so that's, that's my take. (laughs) I, I will say that like, I get a little bit of, joy out of knowing like who oh this song is about this person or this and and mainly because like you can hear when she's really like dissing on jake gyllenhaal or harry styles or whatever like you you know a little bit of that look at all the lines of the song like it spells out fuck you (laughs) (laughs) so i mean first letter of every yeah line (laughs) that is in the liner you know like the highlighted so that's where some of that like puzzle stuff comes out yeah 
But like another, not this song, um, but another song off that album basically talks about her. So this is so petty and you know, like why, why is this knowledge in my brain? I'm not saying but, it's not fun, but I, yeah. <laughs> I don't find it to be the most interesting thing about yeah. her, but yes. <laughs> yeah. So like her and Jake Gyllenhaal are both the same height and Jake Gyllenhaal <laughs> is, uh, there's, there's like some internet conspiracy about how tall is Jake Gyllenhaal because that's like been a thing. <laughs> yeah. So you can find videos and like, that's, that, that's been a little bit of a mystery for a while. And there is a, a line in one of her other songs on, on the same album as, as this song that basically talks about like, well, now I can wear high heels again. And so like just some of that, like That's real, incredible. real petty digs is, is like a little bit nice to know. Like you feel like, you know, again, it, it's maybe just, maybe that's part of the charisma is that she has a good way of like kind of a winking, like, Hey, if you like, you can just enjoy the song and that's fine. But also if you know a little bit more, you can kind of like, Oh, like the, the real, the real fans will get this one kind of a thing. So maybe, maybe that's part of it. Do you see a uh, Taylor feature being a more slow Jimmy world song? Would it, or would it be tight to do like a, a sweetness slash a praise chorus, like kind of ripper? Cause that would be, I, again, I don't know her catalog all that well. And I almost feel like, less her pop stuff and more her country stuff might might have like some more of those bangers but like that would seem out of character for her to do something more up upbeat in that rocking sort of way does that make sense yeah uh you should listen to uh me exclamation points that's like canonically part of the title uh but with brendan eary um yeah that's right i remember they did do that song yeah so that was like poppy upbeat like i could I could absolutely get down with something like that, but I think I would enjoy more of a, you know, like thinking, not necessarily like 23 Polaris, uh, Goodbye Sky Harbor album enders, but something a little bit more on that level. And I, I mean, we know that Jimmy World and Taylor Swift both can write a, a damn good love song. Like they can just write about that experience, whether or not it's theirs. Um, And I think that's where I would like, they both, they both have that good lyricism, that good, um, just like creative creativeness. I know Justin, when you kind of delve into the, into Jimmy world lyrics, like you really can point out some of those good metaphors and good um just like essentially where jim generally jim because he's the only one singing these days um creates a good some some imagery and then maybe restates it in a different way i know that you like yeah that's that's been like kind of a staple of the pod of like oh look how good that that is and i think i think taylor does that well also she just can bring some of that, some of that like reflective phrasing or just things that are like devastating. Um, I, to maybe like go back to pod trope, like I, as today, as I was listening to red, which is probably my first or second favorite Taylor Swift album, 
like I definitely pulled up the the Lisa Simpson meme of like this <laughs> listening to like <laughs> yeah like it didn't, didn't hurt, hurt me enough. I just need to <laughs> so like I could I could just get down with with that and she's done some great collabs with like as David as you mentioned like Bonnie Vare she's done fun stuff with uh, oh shoot dude from Snow Patrol Gary Lightbody I think. I don't know that guy's name. I know the band, but yeah. Yeah, and and even um, like she's got a track with Ed Sheeran, who I also like respect a lot lyrically as a songwriter. So I I I don't know. I just I think that they could really they could really get down with some something a little bit slower, a little more more of a ballad. Yeah, I'd love to see her play on it too. Not just be not just contribute. Does she play much guitar anymore? She does. Um, okay. Yeah, if you so I I think I know I've mentioned this several times on the the Discord. Um but if you get a moment just, you know, pour yourself a a nice glass of wine or, you know, if you want to feel more broish, you can you can <laughs> get your bourbon out and uh watch the Long Pond session, studios session, at whatever music word it is, uh on Disney Plus of her doing folklore. Because okay, it's cool. like you, oh, you see her, yeah, 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 you yeah. see her on piano, guitar. You oh, also see sick. her terrible COVID bangs. So. Oh, COVID bangs. <laughs> oh, because they're just unkempt. Yeah, I mean they're just like I mean, it, again, this is great uh, content for a podcast. But as you all can see with my hair, it's just like, yeah. <laughs> who? What? What's a haircut? Who? Who does that anymore? Yeah. Like I barely got to the dentist in the past twelve months. So let alone <laughs> to a barber. So, uh, so yeah, I would love to see her play on, I'd love to see her and Jim like dueling acoustics going at yes. each other with Tom twinkling it up over there. Oh, twinkles. And, uh, yeah. And then get Zach those little, like those little bells that he uses when he plays on, uh, <laughs> when he plays table for glasses and shit. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like the little, like, it's not a marimba cause that is a much larger instrument. Yeah. Xylophone maybe. I don't know. The little it's drum like kit xylophone, xylophone. But they look like bells. Like yeah. they look like um, little China symbols almost. I don't know what they are. Yeah. We'll have to, when we do that episode, we're going to learn what that is. Yeah. Oh yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to say it's a glockenspiel. Cause oh, it, man. that, that yeah. sounds right. That yeah. sounds awesome. So. I mean, yeah, that's a pretty cool instrument. <laughs> yeah. The old glockenspiel. Did you get everything out of Jed you wanted to get, uh, Justin? Yeah, I really, uh, you know, you got some uh, some Taylor gushing, and we got some facts, some cold hard facts on on her, on Tay. Uh, do, did, did you say that you were referring to her as T? Is that how you refer to her? Um, so I would say, like, I, I'm not necessarily like a... I, we're not that familiar. I don't, I don't know as much about her cats as some other folks on the internet do. Um, that sounds dirty. Um, <laughs> feel free to cut that out. Um, That's going to be the no, problem. Uh, yeah, I would say folks like Tay is like a, a familiar nickname. I am more into just, just the full Taylor. Uh, she also did that... Um, the T swizzle moment. Do you, do y'all remember I was that? Gonna, I, I was going to say my gut says T swizzle. <laughs> yeah. <dig> it. <laughs> yeah. Cause she did the like thug life after uh, or thug story sounds... after oh, love story right. came so, out. Okay. With, yeah, I think, yeah, yeah. I, think I came across that, but I didn't listen to it yet. <laughs> yeah. It definitely give that. A, it's a, 
it's a delight because she essentially is like talking about being hardcore, but also how she like bakes cookies while she's at home. <laughs> so, tight. so yeah. How wholesome. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Very wholesome. Well, I, Jed, I imagine if Taylor were to make it this far into an episode about Jimmy Eat World's cover of her song, she would be pretty, I think she would be amused with this conversation we had with you. And, uh, and I think we came out the other end uh, uh, with the utmost respect for Miss Swift. Yes. Um, is there anything that you want to plug or, uh, or anything um, uh, before we go? Um, I would love to say check out the wiki. Um, adding more to it every day. I know you all talk about it quite a bit, but jimmywiki.com uh, is a good place to start and feel free to, to go in and add stuff. Um, I know we've had some traffic pick up, especially since I, uh, you know, at least uh, once every other week spam Reddit with some, some article on there. So yeah, that's uh, that would be my biggest thing. And then one thing that I would like to do, uh, if, if it is all right with you all, is um, I know you all usually put together a, an episode playlist, and I would like to give some uh, playlist to you all for some, like, hey, if you're not familiar with Taylor Swift's Perfect. tracks. Yes. Um, so probably, you know, maybe just 10, 20 songs, you know, I could... You know, there's uh, if, you, if you really want to get into it, uh, Rob Sheffield of Rolling Stone has ranked all of her songs multiple times, so you can really dig into it there. But uh, yeah, I'd love to do that just uh, because I do think there are some some similarities there in terms of songwriting. Boom! Links are in the show notes. Yeah, check them I out. Love it. Love it. Well, thank you all for so much for having me, and uh, I I hope that. Uh, I can maybe be on a future episode at some point. Um, I know we've talked some other of my weird hobbies. So whether it's drinking beer or, uh, <laughs> you know. Oh my gosh. Uh, yeah. We should totally do a Jimmy, yeah. eat, br- Jimmy drink brews. Yes. Episode. Yeah. yeah. Well, look, I'm excited that you, uh, that you are now officially part of Jimmy eat pod canon. Um, you're in, you've already been in our, you've been placed in our preview. I hope that was a gift for you. Um, we were so excited. (laughs) We were so excited (laughs) to be dropping that. So this is just like, it's everything is, is it's all coming together. Now we've, we've gained such a cool, fun audience and so many awesome friends from this whole thing. So I'm just excited for this and, and everyone else that we've had on here. So yeah, thanks Jed. Yeah. Thank you both. Sick. Do you want to send us out, Jed? Um, yeah, I, I, I should have. Uh, I put Kimberly on the spot. Yeah. Too. <laughs> she had the same reaction. Yeah. Well, I, so I thought about like, oh man, I should watch Bill and Ted's before this and see if there's like some other other oh, line. Throw a curveball. Yeah, yeah. but uh, I, I, I wasted my whole day. Wasted. The, yeah. Right. The listening to Taylor Swift. Um, listening to Taylor Swift. So. Um, I will certainly send all the listeners out with a uh, be excellent to each other. And party on, dudes!